Happy Monday and welcome to Fools Rush In, uh, starting a little bit later and, and you know, delighted to do so because uh, I don't know if anyone who's uh, currently tuning into this managed to catch OSC earlier, but I thought uh, Vic's chat with Scott Cuthbert was actually quite good and a really good listen for an hour or so, so uh, delighted we were able to, to help out by delaying our kickoff time by half an hour for that to take place. Um, I got asked by one of tonight's panel, what is on the uh, agenda or subject matter for tonight? And I said, it will be the uh, wealth of big announcements that the club make today. And uh, they didn't let me down by announcing absolutely nothing as usual. However, we saved something in the bank for just such an occasion. And I know how much you all love it. We have the return of food chat as well as an intro. Uh, but so before the tonight's question and tonight's panel, Let's roll the titles. Take my hands, take my whole life too, but I can't fall in Tonight's food-based intro question, I believe, has caused some controversy on national radio quite recently, as well as being a discussion point uh, in my place of employment not so long ago either. And what I would like to know is how many people amongst us are in the warm milk category when discussing breakfast cereals? Not for me. Cold milk only. Let's find out what tonight's panel thinks. Starting with the man, the myth, the legend is Woody the coach. Are you a warm milk guy on your cereals, Woody? 
I'm not a cereal person, let alone a warm milk or whatever. I don't really like cereals, to be totally honest. No. Um, oh. If I was I, to I press you I, to have a cereal, what would you choose? I venture into Weetabix every now and then, um, of which I'd normally have cold, I think. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I can't. Yeah, warm would be it. Warm, warm, more, yeah. warm milk is for porridge, cold milk for cereal. Weetabix is the weird one because it's where people get really adventurous by like putting fruit salads and yogurts and all sorts on top yep. of it, isn't it? So, yeah, bananas, uh, apples, and cinnamon. I do. Oh, there lovely. you go. What a mix. Uh, let's see what the rest of tonight's panel think. I'm very intrigued by our next uh, our next panelist. Uh, good evening, Nick. <laughs> Are you a a warm milk guy with your shreddies? Um, I don't really eat cereal that much, but it would be warm milk on Weetabix, cold milk on the likes of cornflakes in that type of cereal. Okay, interesting. interesting. Although I, I have um, eaten Weetabix with butter and Marmite spread on it. Oh, I know a few people that butter their Weetabix. <laughs> it was quite a while ago, but that's not too bad. But you do need a drink with you while you're eating it. <laughs> I bet you do. <laughs> Look at Woody's face. Uh, Joe's saying Frosties with warm milk. Yummy and scrummy. Yeah. There you go. Well, if, Joe, Joe, says it's, if Joe says it's okay, it well, must, it must be. be. Yeah, but she's Northern, though, so they uh, <laughs> That's true, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I could vouch. People from the Midlands, they do all sorts of crazy shit. <laughs> um, let's ask our uh, our next panellist. Must have uh, seen some sights when it comes to takeaway breakfast cereals and eat-on-the-go breakfast bars. Uh, evening, Craig. Yeah, e evening, Five Feet. Wow, what a question. Um, I'm, I'm sort of similar to Nick, really. Um, I'll have, I'll have um, milk on my, um, cold milk on my normal cereal, but if, if if on occasion I have Weetabix, it's got to be warm. Um, I mean, I, I'll only have one cereal, and that's fruit and fibre, because it keeps me going regular, so, which is, which is always good. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, no, no, I mean, yeah, it's, it's weird, because I do prefer cold milk. I like to have cold milk with, with my coffee when they ask for warm milk. I'm like, no, no, I want... I want cold milk, you know, especially at breakfast time. And speaking yeah. of coffee, um, I, you know, as you guys knew, I know I met up with, um, with Ben earlier for a coffee, and and that that was that was good. And um, we that had a nice chat. Milk, and, was it, sir? No, no. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we, we had a nice chat and everything. And, and as we know, it's it's good to talk, isn't it? I mean, I'm I'm no media executive, but even I know that. So. So yeah, but um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, yeah, cold, cold milk definitely. I don't know about this warm milk nonsense on on cereal. That just that just seems wrong. But hey, each well, to their own. I feel, I feel like Ben Ben was definitely a latte, wasn't he? <laughs> yes, yeah. Well, so was I actually. Of course he did. Not uh, even a real coffee. <laughs> yeah, 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 that is true. Yeah, uh, the comments are starting to come in. Just the uh, the normal reminder: live chat is available on Facebook and YouTube. Our Twitter notifications are open as well. Uh, Joe thanking me for pointing out she's from the Midlands; she's not Northern. Uh, uh, don't forget, north Swindon, Swindon, Swindon is essentially Northern. London, so anything north of Watford is north. Um, <laughs> anything, anything north of uh, Cheltenham is Scotland. And, uh, <laughs> yes. Anything north of Sirencester is north. 
and they uh, fry everything as well don't they so yeah and anything north of Cheltenham and Oxford ev everything's fried it's, it's you know it's, it's like cholesterol on toast they have isn't it so well yeah. Miss Dixon says Weetabix with butter is great and then followed it up with wouldn't northerners have gravy on their cereal because we oh, don't yeah, stereotype yeah. at all on this yeah. show do we? All, all mushy peas mushy peas probably <laughs> Mm, oh wow uh then we've got uh mr archer saying we fix with warm milk how my nan made it for me oh. as a kid probably because oh. it was cheaper to warm the milk than put the heating <laughs> on your nan was more caring than mine my nan used to give me jelly and ice cream for breakfast i thought you were gonna say jelly deals then yeah <laughs> No, that was my other. Because you're so, because you're really southern, buddy. <laughs> yeah. That was my Corn Cornwall nan. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Mr. Dixon's really enjoying this. Uh, he just wants to simply know who has time to warm up milk in the morning. <laughs> uh, we do have one more panelist who I've been uh, watching in the lobby, and he's been considering his answer to this question at length. He's very excited to be welcomed on. I can see it in his face as we say hello and good evening for the second show in a row to Ned. How are you, sir? Hello. What? Warm milk on cereal? This is, this is <laughs> mental. What is this sacrilege? What's going on here? Oh, Jesus. Um, okay. Um, my, my daughter, my youngest daughter, well, she's going to say now is she now she's heard that comment. Uh, <laughs> my youngest daughter, um, she has warm milk on her Weetabix, um, but then that's it. It's uh, oh, Jesus, thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just I don't get it. Call me a traditionalist, but milk has always got to be cold. I don't do hot like drinks. I don't do hot anything. So. Uh, Having warm milk on my cereal is certainly not on the agenda. Well, you say traditionalist, but we've had a very good point in the in the chat here. Milk direct from the udders is always warm. <laughs> not wrong. <laughs> so milk. True. Do you know what I mean? But I'm not going to get involved with that. <laughs> yeah, this is probably the wrong Christ. panel to be discussing milk straight from the udders with. Straight from the tit. <laughs> and again, to paraphrase, to paraphrase Woody uh, from the other day, only Nick can get away with saying stuff like this. Anyone else? Did? And we were having uh, more conversations about being cancelled, and we were close enough to it's that true. on Friday. That's so for true. sure. Um, gents, we we come to another show, and once again, as I said in the intro, Swin and Town haven't let us down. They've announced absolutely nothing. Uh, for us to discuss. But thankfully, we hadn't mentioned in the last couple of episodes the recent advisory board notes, which we had done a sort of dive into the last couple of times. So we kept them to one side, expecting Swindon to let us down. And it means we get to have a look at some of the finer details because we said before, these advisory board notes have been going out for a while now. And uh, But the last couple, they, they've revamped the, the layout. So when they publish it to the fans, it's it's a lot more of a, an easy read and an understandable read, in my opinion, and it makes the, the conversation about the points a lot more interesting. Well, interesting is debatable, but nothing else is happening, so we'll discuss it anyway. But before we do, uh, Woody, it's been a while since I've asked you to put your coach's hat on uh, oh. when, when on a <laughs> fool's panel. Um, but I just wanted to ask you, as we enter into the start of pre-season, uh, I don't know if it's the same for you guys, but growing up, 
and wanting to be a footballer, I always had this impression of what preseason was. You, I was kind of brought up to believe it was all the footballers were just running and running and running and just getting really, really fit. And they would do proper training when the season started. But that's not so much the case in, in recent years. And, and it's developed. So, Woody, I just want to know, obviously, you're vastly experienced uh, in coaching. Um, have you noticed even, you know, I don't mean this term in any sort of derogatory standard, but even at the standard that you coach at, you know, we're not talking premier, uh, like uh, professional with Swindon Town or anything, but have you noticed the change in how pre-season training, you've obviously just done your first, uh, you've done two sessions now, is it? Uh, yeah, two sessions with my lot. But I think, um, to be fair, actually, when I moved over to Swindon originally, um, kind of seeing the change there, and I think, to be honest, it's not necessarily just the level you're at. It's what personnel you can get hold of. <laughs> and to be honest, like, so when I first joined Swindon, um, they had a guy called Mike Peacock there, who was there under, um, he was there under um, De Canio, I believe, as well. And uh, he, was, he was our. Uh, That's tickled think, Nick, hasn't it? Uh... <laughs> just giggling away while Woody's trying to talk. Sorry, Woody. I'll yeah, go with you. Um, but yeah, he. Um, yeah, so it depends on the personnel you've got there, really, on and how serious you want to take it. Now, my approach has always been that if um, that the, if you only train once, twice a week, then you shouldn't be running up hills. You shouldn't be doing hundreds of bleep tests. You shouldn't be doing skipping rope challenges, all of this kind of stuff. Because there's, I would much rather just get a ball at their feet and do fit like what we call disguised fitness. Um, but in the professional game, obviously, they're spending five, sometimes six days a week during the preseason. Um, you know, so they can dedicate time, if you like, to just doing strength and conditioning work, just doing cardio work. So I think the difference is, is like one, the personnel and two, how long you've got to work with. Um, mm -hmm. If you're like, say, if you're only training two, maybe even if you're only training three times a week, I would always say don't bother with getting run, getting and running round pitches and stuff, because at the end of the day, they could be fit as anything, but if they can't kick the fucking ball whilst they're running, it ain't going to make a difference. Um, no, so, true. the um, yeah, so it, yeah, obviously it's a it's a totally different game when you're in the professional league because you've got more time to work with, um, mm -hmm. and it is your job. It's your job at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, whereas part time teams, I know a couple that are down, like uh, managers that have ran teams like a national league south and uh, and and you know maybe the southern league under that. What they tend to do is they'll still have their two free sessions will still be mainly football based, disguised fitness football based. And then they'd actually give their players like stuff to do outside of training. So mm -hmm. you might see it. if you watch like quite a lot of those kind of behind the scenes YouTube documentaries and things like yeah. that, you'll often hear them talking about 5Ks, 5Ks, do your 5Ks outside of training. And if you're not training, do your mass running and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. um, I actually prefer that approach, but that's just because I haven't got the full-time resources. Um, I'm sure if if Wooten Bassett were, were full-time, I'm sure we would. But uh, yeah, I think it, it really does depend. But the guy, you know, they would have been, the game's moved on so much in the last 10 years. They'll be, you know, they would have been given closed season programs to do. You know, yeah. it wouldn't just be pre-season. They would have been given stuff to do during, uh, you know, they would have been told, go out and enjoy yourself, eat, drink, whatever you want, but you need to come back to, you know, this this kind of level of fitness. Activities um, which... such as this one, Woody, <laughs> does 18 holes of golf count as pre-season training? <laughs> Probably not pre-season, maybe closed season, because they're still moving. <laughs> <laughs> but the, um, 
Um, but yeah, I mean, ask Gareth Bale. I mean, he's one of the fittest. He was one of the yeah. fittest ever, ever. And I don't think he actually started pre-season training until the week before the season started. Um, so, um, but yeah, it's uh, yeah. I think, I think yeah, they 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 would have had close season pro. Even Swindon's level, I imagine, would have had close season programs that they would have had to keep to. Um, they'll come back. They'll probably be weighed. They'll probably be. Uh, what's it? Is it VO2 max? Vac max? Yeah, the one way. Yeah, that's the one, isn't it? They probably have all CO2, of that. CO2, isn't well. it? I thought it was VO2. You're, you're, you're more likely to be right than me, to be fair. I could be wrong. Let's face it, you're, you're a coach, whereas I'm someone who looks like this. I clearly don't do mass physical yeah, testing look, look, on a regular basis. I, I look like this because I'm good at telling people what they should do, <laughs> <laughs> not because I can do it myself. Um, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, they um. I'm sure. I'm sure they'll they'll come back. I just, you know, I know Nick could probably, and I, I mean this in the greatest respect. Nick will probably remember kind of running and you know, running and running. Twenty years ago, when they were had to run up the Arkles or the Don Rogers stand, you know, kind of that would have been the preseason fitness. But I think even now, it's got bigger than that. Really, the kind of whole fitness regime. Well, Lou, Lou Macari had him running all around the town, didn't he? Well, he did. He did. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> did interestingly, United as well. I'm sure Sorry? Fergie did that with United as well, didn't he? I'm sure he had him running around Salford, yeah. I'm sure he did. Um, if there's anything we appreciate on Fools Rush In, it's the, uh, it's the sarcastic humour of the majority of the Swindon fan base. Uh, Nick, I'd like to draw your attention to this comment on the subject of pre-season. I wonder if we're going to go into the season fatigued like Scott Lindsay wanted us to be. That went well against Harrogate. Well, I don't know if they were actually fatigued. I think they were just unfit. Because they didn't do anything. I mean, that's the first thing Morris said when he came in. It was how unfit the team were. So whatever they did, they got it wrong. So, yeah, hopefully we'll... I don't know what Flynn's view is on this sort of fitness before the season. But certainly with Di Canio, Mikari, games were won in the last 10 minutes because the team was so fit. And, and that's what you need in League Two. You've got to go for 95, 100 minutes, whatever. The thing is, judging from what we can tell so far, he plans on the players being ridiculously fixed. We've got a first-team squad of about 17 players. So <laughs> they're going to be playing a lot of minutes. Back like it was in the old days. Um, Craig, <laughs> plenty of Craig, players. What are you worried about? That's plenty. <laughs> Craig, PJ says, uh, if you turned up and saw balls at the first session of pre-season, you were buzzing 10 years ago. But in recent years, balls seem to be the norm. <laughs> I'll, I'll leave you with that one. That is brilliant. That's a good summary. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah, that's good. Um, so what was what, the question? Um, <laughs> I love the irony of, of us talking about pre season and fitness. I mean, I don't think any of us, could, apart from possibly not Craig. <laughs> oh, Craig's, Craig's doing his pre season runs every day, isn't he? Yeah. But yeah I mean, what what, what day, is at the gym every day? Mm. Um, Most days. I think, um, you know, someone expecting me to do 5K without driving, <laughs> without driving and expecting me to do it is a bit like um, my missus asking for a birthday present and expecting a sports car like Matt Five, uh, Fiddies. Um, that's, that's probably the, the most equal comparison I can think of. Um, but but yeah, it's. I, 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 I tell you, I tell you what. I know you say that I'm like the fittest one, but I I I, I would. It'd be my dream to be as fit as Matt Fit is, to be honest with you. So yeah, but there we go. 
uh, comments coming in on, on uh, what's already been said. That's because Scott Lindsay took half the team off on the 70th minute. And, uh, and Mike Dixon says, now Woody has talked about training runs. <laughs> Can Craig talk about running trains? <laughs> oh, brilliant, Mike. Well done. Well done. I doff my cap to you, mate. That's, that's brilliant. Do you go past? Do you know on the train? Do you go past the uh, industrial state opposite Tesco? You do, don't you? Because that's where Matt yeah. is his training gym is, isn't it? It's in there as you oh, go past. Is it? Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, you do you do see um um Matt Fid is all over the town, don't you? And, yeah, yeah, and yeah. you know his, his name's quite quite big, and um yeah, he's, he's in the ad. I think he's in the ad for a bit as well, isn't he? Yeah. They mention yeah. him from time to time. Be, being know. outside of Swindon, does this Matt Phyllis ever come into Oxfordshire, or is he just have to stay in Swindon? It depends. Yeah, Michael that's Jackson. just a gate. There's just a row of people stopping him leaving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't like, no, don't go, Matt. Don't go. <laughs> don't go, Matt Fids. You're our Matt Fids. <laughs> you, know, if I remember Michael Jackson well, he definitely used to hang around the Brunel Centre quite a lot. I think he still does, if I'm not mistaken. But, um, wow. Nappy night. Yeah. <laughs> Getting this back on topic swiftly, PJ says... Reality is, lads, most of us have to take a couple of deep breaths after getting to the top of the stairs nowadays. Yep. It's very, well, very true. That's the only thing that's I can nice. do, and that's because I live on a top floor flat. The <laughs> <laughs> only thing I can do is climb stairs. It's everything else I'm fucked. That's why I started running. Once I realised I was getting out of breath walking upstairs, you know, you know, no, that's not, not good. Not at the age of 40 anyway. <laughs> uh, I think Joe's really enjoying the fitness chat. She said, "Excellent, gentlemen, well done." Uh, so I think she's appreciative of the efforts of the uh, the multiple uh, kilometres you're running and all the gym sessions you're doing, Woody, and just our general turning up and talking about fitness to the rest of the lads. I, I, I will add as well. I've absolutely stitched myself up with our pre-season because the girls hate bleep. Everybody hates the bleep test, right? I don't think I know a single person on this planet that actually so, like. Oh, no. I'm not going to say that I like bleak tests, but I kid but you, you know not, just that on Matt that subject... <laughs> <laughs> I kid you not, uh, it must have been about six, eight weeks ago, uh, me and Aidan rocked up to our Wednesday martial arts class, and we were the first two there, and uh, we normally go through stretches and do some sort of warm-up, and I turned around to Aidan and said, should we do a bleep test to warm up? And he went, what's a bleep warm test? Up. I said, have you never done one? Warm up? Yeah. I said, have you never done a bleep test where you have to run end to end and hit the beep? He said, no, I don't think so. So I went on YouTube, found an old bleep test. <laughs> For 20 minutes, me and Aiden were just running up and down the room. I was so pleased I still got to level 10. Wow. <laughs> I'm actually worried. I think we're old enough now to call it by its proper name, the cunt test. Um, <laughs> Obviously, the ladies hate it. And um, Simon, the manager, has said he's not even going to tell us coaches when he's going to do it. He's going to because he doesn't want people just to not show up. So right. stupidly, on the Friday, we went out for our end of season do. I agreed that, oh, if um, if you end up doing the bleep test, I'll do it with you. And of course, despite them all being fucking drunk, they've all remembered it, haven't they? That, that like, <laughs> if they have to do the bleep test, I'm going to do it with them. So, yeah, that's going to be my... 
probably the moment I have to resign from coaching, to be fair, because I'll probably get it to like level three and then be like, no, I can't do it anymore. <laughs> can we can we get your mate can we get your mate to take some photos of you doing that bleep test? Well Rich Rich is gonna be part of the coaching team for preseason, so oh, I'm okay. sure he'll take a photo or two. I imagine it will look something like this, won't it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> The, the legitimacy of my uh, of my bleep test result is uh, being questioned. With what size was the room? It was a it was a standard community centre hall that we were that we were running it in. Um, it's a phone box. the The room seems the room seems smaller nowadays because I'm considerably bigger than the last time I did a bleep test. It's a disabled toilet. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> I might not look like it, but I have some physical acumen. It might not be a lot, but I have some. <laughs> Unbelievable. I didn't make the point to get ripped on my, on my own show. I, I tell you what, I bet Matt Figs could get past level 10. Yeah. Any, most people could get past level 10, Greg. Mm. Aiden just stopped at 14 because he was bored. He could have kept I reckon, much further. I reckon Matt Figs runs backwards. Well, he... <laughs> on the bleed test <laughs> to showboat, uh, and then he moves forward like that. <laughs> and then the ad, and then the advert there to report it. So yeah. even better than that. Fid, Fids breaks world record at bleed test. Yeah, yeah. local hero does it again. On one side, Matt Fids there with like smiling because he's broke the world record. On the other side. Deborah from Robborn because there's potholes with her arms folded. Or she's pointing. Should we turn attention back to Swindon Town, guys? Um, we do believe, and we have no insider knowledge, but it was published on the advisory board, and let's face it, they can't wait much longer. It should really be the kit launch by the end of this week. Um what are we expecting? Something that's just going to be like, wow, I didn't see that come in, or the same as last year with an extra stripe somewhere? <laughs> uh, Nick, what's your expectations for this year's kit? I think we're going to get a massive surprise, and it's going to be somewhat off the wall that none of us are expecting. So okay. um, I'm more interested in the away kit, actually, because to be honest, there ain't a great deal you can do with a with home kit, is there? Um, without being stupid, um, I would like us to have a decent blue away kit again. That's some of the best ones we've had in the past. Mm -hmm. So we've done, say, we've done the white, we've uh, done the black, we've done the yellow. Or was it gold? I think maybe gold. gold. Yeah, of course it was bloody yellow. So um, yeah, let's have a blue away kit. Okay, um, Craig. Yeah, I think that I think the home kit's gonna be. What, what's that? Joe, Joe. I'm just about to flash it up. Oh, okay. Um, Sponsored well, by <laughs> red with hexagon football shapes and it's on the back. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna flog that joke to death forever, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe a black belt doing rounds. I don't know. Oh dear. We're, Maybe we, we it could be me and name. him, both of our black belts. Yeah. We all get his name trending on on Twitter, really. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not too fussed about the kit, to be honest. Um, I, I mean, the home kit's going to be red. 
Uh, I think. Um... Could you imagine if it's not? If they completely uh, troll us and the home kit isn't red. I mean, I mean, the the yeah, it's. I'm not too far. I mean, my my actual opinion on kits is that I think the away kits should be alternated every year. Um, you you should have keep the same like so like your your away kit. You should keep that for two years, but the year in between you you alternate the third kit. So every every year. Either the second kit or the third kit changes, but not both at the same time, like we have done it for um, God knows I mean, how many years. I would argue that the home you kit, shouldn't I really need a third kit. Well, no, but it's, you know, I mean, the home kit, I understand. I, again, I would still think, I don't think it's fair that kits are changed every season, but there's not many teams that don't do that. I, I, I think there's, I think Wimbledon, they keep theirs for, for two years, but. But I can't see that changing. That's that's more. <clears throat> I, I would be really pleased if the if the club did something along those lines when it came to the away kits, whatever you know, whatever colour they're, they're going to be. But yeah, I'm not not too fast. I, I guess if I had a preference for the away kit, I, I'd go with Nick, like blue. I think the the blue and black halves that we used to have, which I think had Castrol on the front, that was one of my favourite um, away yep. kits. So yeah, so something like that would be pretty cool. Okay, uh, Woody. Um, yeah, I mean, I do, I agree with uh, Craig as well, really. I wish we'd kind of go back to, I know Adidas were the ones that kind of changed that, weren't they, that changed it to the two-year, uh, the one-year thing. But when you look at, I think, if you brought out a good quality kit and, and, and did put the price up, but you had that kit for three years, I think you'd actually find you'll sell more, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, because people will buy it. And then I think, I mean, the NFL do it, don't they? That's one thing. You know, I've got an NFL, <laughs> NFL top. And I think they it's the same one they had four years ago or whatever. So I think they, you know, it's, um, but yeah, I, 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 I wish I could have Nick's optimism in, in terms of um, it, you know, taking us by surprise, but given that last year they gave all of that massive, actually this could contradict a little bit, given the fact they gave all that build up. And to be honest, I thought the kit was quite disappointing. <laughs> but the um, you know they gave all that build up. They haven't given any build up this year, and we've got what four four days left. Um, I'd like to think that we will have a sign in showing the kit, which is maybe why they haven't launched it yet, possibly. But um, away, um, I agree with Nick. I want the blue kit. I'd love to have a blue kit in there. Although I think JJ's just put in the chat um, a purple. I wouldn't. I, I really liked that year. We had the purple kit that you couldn't buy. That was yeah. a nice kit as well. So. Um and uh, yeah and purple is my favourite colour as well. So the um but uh still comment yeah. just come in. Still have less kits than managers in recent years. Brilliant, brilliant. Um, yeah. Do you know what? I, I, if we go blue, I wouldn't want it to be too different from you know the one that Anthony Grant was known for showing. That really kind of. Can we go one episode without mentioning Anthony Grant, please? I didn't mention nobody mentioned him last episode. I think they did. No, I'm sure he got a random mention for the last few episodes because right. I've been noticing. Have we it. um have we mentioned Matt Fitz yet? <laughs> yeah. He's he's a new strength and conditioning coach, I heard. <laughs> um Ned, let me bring you on to, to sorry, no, you didn't finish your point about the blue kit, Woody. Sorry. No, that's what I'm hoping they have is a okay. is a blue or a purple. Blue or purple for me. Uh Ned, let's uh, bring you in on, on kit chat. But let me also open up. Mm -hmm. Let's why not have an outrageous goalkeeper shirt? 
goalkeeper shirt. Yeah. I have a red goalkeeper shirt. Make it crazy. Uh, <laughs> red goalkeeper shirt. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I'm just a massive hoarder of kits. I have money for about, you know, a, a half an hour period in a year. So, <laughs> so I try and get as many purchases in as possible within that half an hour period, and that typically means buying as many kits as possible. So, um, yeah, I, I I love the fact that we release so many kits, but I understand how people don't like it. You know, I, I very much get it. I'd love to see us change our um, kit maker to Castor because I really like some of their kits. Um, I like. Um, um, PMO's uh, kits. I like all of them. Um, but um, yeah. They really I... launched, didn't they, Castor? They're really like taking off now, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. They, they really are. I mean, I'd oh, like... Well, we'll but... get them in like 10, 15 years then because we're ahead of the curve. <laughs> They'll be like Donny by the time we go. <laughs> 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 we got that level. Jeez. Um, <clears throat> I remember Donny used to be a really good brand, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, you wouldn't be seen dead in it, would you, really? Um, but that's all I can afford. So, <laughs> right. So, no um, judgment here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no, the uh, I really like the Castor kits. I wouldn't mind having another black kit, but not just plain black, not a blackout, but black and something. I think kits look really nice when it's a combination of black and another color, but. Black on red, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I like the idea of kits coming out every year, but I, I can't... It's a good money spender for the club, especially for us, because, you know, if you look at last time when the kits come out, um, you had people willing to spend, like, 70, 80, 90 quid on eBay to get a... Um, and, you know, to get a, a replica kit, they they sold out very quickly. So yeah. I, we we always sell shirts. Um, but yeah. Well, this seems the perfect time to welcome on a sick fool, and um, he is arguably our biggest fashionista, the fashion icon that is BTB. Evening, hey. Ben. <laughs> Evening. How are you? Rich was coming on then for a second with his uh, with his little uh, little the bucket hat and everything, but uh, no, you've got me and my old shirt. Thanks. <laughs> and your poor you? connection, you right? <laughs> yeah, very good, mate. Thank you, very good. Um, <laughs> Joe saying uh, there is a clear difference between yeah. town puma and Man City puma. Different gravy. Indeed, just as we're trying to uh, abolish the uh, the stereotyping of people that are slightly more north than Swindon, you have to mention gravy for no obvious reason. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, Ben, yeah, we were just discussing um, the the set to be launch of the the new kit. Are you expecting? Something something properly decent this year or generic and standard? Uh, I don't, well, they're a bit of a mixture of the club, really, aren't they? Sometimes they go for unique and sometimes they're bespoke and sometimes they just go for 
little bog standards. You know, I, I quite like the little diamonds. That was uh, a couple of years ago. Um, I just, I'm just a bit bored. Puma. Bantercard. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Bantercard. Yeah. Well, Bantercard. Um, yeah. No, I'm. Um, yeah, I'm a bit bored of Puma. One, they're not fat people because they're a bit tight. Um, uh, I'd like just like uh, just like eighty five percent of the high street, they don't do real men's sizes. No, they don't do real men's sizes. And like, if if you're buying a football shirt, you're either a, a small young man, young boy or girl, modern days, or a fat bloke. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, they should um, they, they should they should make more shirts for fat blokes and make. Roundel, you know, like you get specialist shirts now for fat men. They're like t-shirts for fat geezers that are now suited. Oh, I'm trying to think who does the adverts on Talksport for the yeah. the untuck it shirts. Yeah, that sort of thing. They should do that with football shirts as well. Shirts that are just a bit more rounded around the belly area, <laughs> so it just sits nicely. So you don't get that that embarrassing undertuck of belly. If you oh, the the tight. bit that that sucks the belly that looks like it sucks the belly in and gives you more yeah. arm and stuff. Yeah, every time you lift your arms up, you you, you show off your belly button for everyone type thing. You know. So, um, so what you're looking for is matern maternity wear for. <laughs> <laughs> Men's maternity wear. Okay. That's where we put. You know, we'd say so many. We'd say so many. He's looking around the table. We, we 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 love a curry as, as Charlie Austin said. We like a Chinese. Um, so mm, you know, Chinese last night. Yeah, Chinese last night. So maybe <laughs> maybe there'll be a good sponsor as well, like the Chinese takeaways or something. Or just eat, just eat for Swindon. That'd be great for Swindon fans. <laughs> just eat and then a phone number at the back of all the local diners. And Matt Finnis on at the top. Swindon Town sponsored by Just Eat would be fucking class. Yeah. It would be. And the away be. stuff could be sponsored by like Matt Finnis. And then yeah, so it'd, exactly. be like, it'd be like it'd be like yin and yang. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you know, we've got so many ideas, but if the club get in touch, but they need to communicate better because they're crap at it. And also like actually speaking to positive band podcasts and getting their views on things and reaching out. <laughs> Pretty shit at that sort of thing. Meow. Sorry. <laughs> we were all being don't, so positive. Don't ban, don't ban me. I'm quite nice usually. Please don't ban me. My kids like to go. Yeah, but remember, um, Ben spent the morning with me, so he, like my negativity yeah, was right. off I, on him. So. I've been with Craig all day today. So, yeah. We've been putting the roles right and talking about football from 20, 30 years ago. He was a proper old man. <laughs> yeah, Someone's it, Alexa's mate. kicked in at the same time. What, what we, what we, what we want is, is a retro uh, white kit like this, yeah, you know, like this one. Yeah, what we want. proper one. But again, white, not too good showing the old bellyage. So maybe black. Black's good because black hides fat. Yeah, so but black makes you sweat as well. Black does, yeah, but it's winter, so it's all right. And not when the season kicks off in August, then. It ain't. No, that's a good point. Maybe they should have one that changes colour. We should, we should have season, fucking hell, seasonal wear. <laughs> Not just season wear, but actual seasonal wear. <laughs> so you've got, you've got Woody and Craig advocating for one kit every two to three seasons, and you've got Ben advocating one kit every two to three months. Exactly. <laughs> a lighter, more summary. Maybe we could do a Hawaiian kit for the summer. You know. <laughs> 
that'd be quite good. You know, Craig, what have you oh. done to him today? I, I don't know, mate. I, I don't know. Ben, ben, ben spent the morning with Craig and the afternoon with Got One, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I swear, when I dropped him off at um at the at the Ford place, he he was absolutely fine. I don't know, I, I didn't slip him anything. I, I promise. So, but yeah, but so many ideas, so many ideas. So yeah, got Guana up Hawaiian shirt for the for August till late September. After that, we go. I don't know, sort of red, and then to black into the dark, and then and to probably match the season. Uh, to answer Sean's question that I flashed up on the screen, I do believe it was announced we had a new main front of shirt sponsor this year. I think that was out a couple of weeks ago. Um, I do think, well, as, as the club's already produced, yeah, always more room for sponsors. Yes, there's, there's always more room for sponsors. I'm sure we can get Just Eat somewhere. Get it on the arms. Get, the phone get it on the arm. Uh, <laughs> Uh, evening, Gav. Glad to have you with us. Said not tuned in the past couple of shows, but five minutes after logging in tonight, I can see the real issues are still being tackled. <laughs> Do you think we sold anyone yet? Do you think the lack of content is now showing? We are nothing if not consistent. Um, what else have we got in the chat here? Uh, Arch, uh, is he giving hints of what the new kits might look like? He mentioned that the way kit won't be white and the third kit won't be green. Now he's saying hyper global colour. You know what does what that mean? mean? They're, they're the colour changing t shirts from years ago. Do you not remember them? He's saying about. Oh, um, yes, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I had one. It was like orange and red or something. There you go. Because well, it's when you sweat weirdly, it changes colour. So it'd be like orange there yeah. and then a bit on the back. <laughs> well, typically when I wear a shirt, it just changes from blue to darker blue as the. <laughs> 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 Uh, hi, Fifey. I thought the Twitter abuse of the kit men was a disgrace. Will you be addressing this? Um, I mean, it's, I'm presuming that you're referring to when they got referenced in a uh, passive aggressive tweet uh, about something else that was non related to them. Um, there, there's not much, there was no direct abuse aimed at them, their name was used. In a in a sarcastic way in regards to the club and their marketing strategy, uh, but conversations have taken place off camera. If you if you really want to know, um, and, but uh, but no, if, if if people have concerns about uh, anything that any member of FRI are doing when representing FRI, but equally, <laughs> all twelve of us are our own people, and we all have a right to our own opinions. Uh, you know, we don't all have to agree with Ben the same. We don't have to agree with me. We don't have to agree with Craig. We don't have to agree with Woody or Kieran or Warren or any of the others. Um, if, but if something is is outright disgusting and, and just out completely wrong, then yes, of course, it would be addressed. Well, it's, it's, um, it's not abuse. If you, if you consider that to be abuse, then maybe Twitter and the Internet. Twitter is not the place yeah. for you. I've had more abuse on this tonight than, than that yeah. passes as abuse. I, I think we've all had worse than that aimed at us before. So, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. If, if, if that's really an issue, and I don't think it was an issue for the kit men because they came back with a really good response, didn't they, in the best way. You know, to to do it and fair play to them. Yes, 
I think I think uh, people outside of the conversation they either take fake offence to cause disruption, or they just take any opportunity to cause disruption uh, of of any style. Um, but yeah, if you are if you do ever see any online comments or or uh, anything else from anyone at FRI that you're concerned about from an FRI perspective, don't hesitate to let me know, and it will be dealt with accordingly. Yeah, you've been very PC tonight, Ben. So uh, I pre- I pre- on, behalf, on behalf of the fat men of Swindon, Ben, I appreciate your apology. Ben, I thought what you said was an absolute disgrace, and I hope that Fifey <laughs> addresses it soon. So, yeah, well, I hear I, I, I tended my resignation. As, uh, it's been brought to my attention. Been... Oh, thanks for that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Ben, it's just because you've been going to the gym now and you're going to be super slim. I will yeah. be, you know. It's working on it. It's small time, Ben. Today, I, the problem is, <laughs> there, I had a, um, a subway for breakfast and then, um, yeah, <laughs> it's not been too good today. But, yeah, I should be working out. The important thing is, did the car get through its service okay? It then? did, actually, and it needed no extra little bits, which is not too bad since the car's 15 years old. They went, no, it's past fine, thank you. Um, but I will need stuff done in the near future. Okay. But it, 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 got for through. it got through and it cost me about 208 quid, so it's not as bad as I thought. Um, Royston uh says, I hope to join you at the tourney. I hope Glad All Over will be blasted through the speakers. Well, thank you for the lovely segue, actually. Uh, before we talk advisory board, yes, on yeah. anyone who missed yeah. it. On Friday, we announced that we will be doing a live show on New Season Eve. Um, I believe I, I make it eight of the 12 Fools are currently scheduled to, to be there and live. And uh, we, we have had some questions sent in about it since the announcement. So uh, I'll just take a couple of minutes to answer those publicly so that everyone has the information. Um, people were asking about tickets. We discussed this over the weekend um, we were initially going to use a site similar to Eventbrite, who I've done stuff with before, but we were conscious of a couple of things, really, in that, A, that there are fees and we want to make sure that British Heart Foundation, who we're trying to raise the money for, get as much of the money as possible. Yeah. Um, and obviously, it's a limited capacity where, where we're holding our first live event. So we're actually going to manage the tickets ourselves. We've opened up a Just Giving page. And what we'll do is anyone who wants tickets, um, get in touch with us. Um, and we will pass you the link. And we're, we're not setting a price for the tickets. We're asking for a donation uh, towards any tickets. And once that donation's had, then you'll be sent some form of confirmation, etc. regarding that. Um, I've been asked whether kids can attend. Um, the, the answer to that, really, and the answer that I've given to a couple of people that have asked is, I'm not against kids going Anyone who comes to Falls Rushing Live know what we're like and know what's likely to be said. And I did get one comment back that said, after Jackbox the other night, the kid definitely isn't coming. <laughs> yeah. We take um, no responsibility for any of the language. If, if the parents are happy for the children to be in that environment, we're happy for the children to be there as well. Uh, but would you take your kids to War Chubby Brown? Just think that. <laughs> um, no, because also... no, Roy Chubby Brown isn't funny, but we are. So that, yeah, that would be true. That's true. That's true. 
Yeah. Um, and the, another question I've had a couple of times is, will there be any Swindon Town players in attendance? Um, with it being on the eve of the new season, it's very, very, very unlikely. And given that we've had an email today that said that their pre-season schedules are, are so rammed at the minute that they can't fit any sort of interviews or, or pod appearances in at the moment, um, it's very unlikely. However, we have reached out to a couple of former um, Swindon players, and we're hopeful of having one or two there on the night for a brief chat, a couple of Q&As, and amongst all the other content that we've got uh, planned for the evening. Uh, is charging during a cost of living crisis really appropriate? That's exactly why we haven't. So that's why we've taken it away from you must pay this to attend to please make a donation of what you're able to. So, you know, if, if you are able to give £2 to please give £2. If you're able to give 5 if you're able to give 10 whatever you're able to. And that's why we haven't set the price accordingly. Um, Mike's saying the FRI at the Tawny Owl should be great. The quiz prep is well underway, including some questions on some individuals, individual full specialist STFC subjects. Yes, uh, Mike has been... <laughs> Mike has been not very subtly suggesting what may be involved in the quiz for people like Craig, um, <laughs> if he's been paying much attention. But yes, there is a, uh, as we've said before, we, we plan on, obviously, there'll be a usual Fool's content, which includes the Colchester preview. Uh, we've got a, an auction of various uh, goods, which we're hoping people will be able to donate more money towards uh, British Heart Foundation. Uh, we've got a quiz. Um, Craig's convinced me to do a live Defend the Indefensible. I'm sure there was something else, but I can't think what else there was. Um, but obviously, we'll keep announcing stuff as we get closer to time. It's Friday the 4th of August. Um, we're due to start at 8 p.m. and it will be going on until about 11 p.m. Um, and uh, so, yeah, hopefully, uh, like I say, you'll be able to start at, um, inquiring about tickets from the minute this show ends, really. Um, and we hope to to see as many of you there as we can possibly get in. We're we're looking forward to it. Um, I think I I'm I'm both nervous and excited. I'm not nervous in in terms of doing it. I'm more nervous and just hoping it goes well. Um, but other, I don't know. I mean, Nick, uh, obviously British Heart Foundation charity, very close to you, and and one of the the main uh, fundamentals in why we chose them. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So. Uh... I'm sure it'll be be a good night. Obviously, it's a bit of a tester to see how it goes, and you know maybe we can grow on from there. But yeah, all money's raised will be going to oh. the British Heart Foundation. We will not be taking a cut of donations. If anything, we're probably putting more money into it than most people that will be going. So um, <laughs> yeah. a lot a lot of us are providing items, um, and uh, I've got some. Uh, Donations from companies. I'll just mention a couple. Seaside Reds is kindly donated to us. And uh, Dan Designs said he will provide something for us. It's a British Heart Foundation. So we're really grateful for those guys. And uh, anything anybody else would like to push our way, we'll, we'll be more than grateful. And uh, if you're a company, we will obviously put your name out there um, with our thanks. So, yeah, it's going to be a great night. Uh, any reason the event has been announced at the same time as the full Monty 2 is being released? Uh, for exactly that reason, uh, it's, it's a dual effort. 
uh, we'll be doing the full Monty while at the live event. Pikey, <laughs> don't say that. Christ sake. <laughs> Believe it. Mate, if we, we want people that... to attend. No, no. If we put that out there, Nick, depending on how we advertise it, either they'll pay us not to, or if we say you're doing it, we'll, ha we'll have to do like three or four oh. shows. <laughs> Nick has been on stage and everything. Yeah. Oh, dear. Anyway, yes, more details uh, to, to follow in coming days and weeks uh, leading up to the event. We, we really hope uh, a few of you or enough of you can make it to, to make the night a success. And we've seen your last comment there. That is coming up very, very shortly. Um, you are indeed. Uh, Archers Recruitment already been in touch, Joe and Mark, and uh, they will also be donating an auction item for us, as well as already sorting a babysitter so that they can both be in attendance, uh, we are delighted to say. Uh, shall we get back to the uh, we get back to the chat? Um, just seeing a couple of tweet notifications coming in as well. Um, but there's no discussion topics there. It's just people very kindly retweeting our live stream to all of their followers as well. Um, as I mentioned in the intro, we haven't touched on the recent advisory board notes. They came out uh, middle to end of last week, I believe. Um, and we sort of kept it to one side because last time we did this, the conversation dug deeper than we thought it might. So we wanted to leave it till there was a, a sort of quieter day at STFC. Um, I've not taken shots of everything. Um, so there, there's still well worth um, anyone watching or listening to this after the event, uh, going back and, and having a look at yourselves and forming your own opinions. But I have taken a, a fair few uh, different bits and pieces from it just to get your, your guys' opinion. Um, one of the fundamental things that Swindon fans have had to deal with uh, over, well, as long as I've been a fan, which is coming up 20 years now, is the level of debt at the club. Mm -hmm. And the very first page after the introduction shows how the uh, debt has reduced under the current ownership. Ben, it's fair to say um, we, we can at times be critical of the club for, for certain bits, but when you see data like this and, and they follow it up with, with a, a nice little table, which explains all the different areas, um, there's one thing you can't be critical of is clearly the debt is, uh, is narrowing, it's shortening, it's, it's getting considerably less. Well, it's um, that side of the club, the business itself, the business model is going quite smoothly. It's going exactly how we wanted it. Of course, it's not completely debt free because Clem will want this money back, what he's invested, but that's going to be happening way in the future, more than likely when he sells the club. Yep. <clears throat> so it's secure. It's, it's in a good place financially. Um, uh, you know, the football side could be possibly rung a little bit better. I think we've all mentioned that and we're all... <laughs> possibly? Yeah, I think, I think, I think and I may be understating a little bit that, that you know, that, that couldn't have been done a little bit better over the last uh, 12 months or so. Um, but the, the 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 financial side, the you know the, the bit that keeps us ticking, is still there. So long term, the club the, the, the signs are rosy. It's just they need to get it right on the pitch, uh, which is possibly the most important. Or or the financial side will suffer because fans will stop going. No, um, so you know they need to invest invest now. Um, Nick, from your perspective when when you see these these graphics with regards to the finances people i don't think should be too alarmed that as the as the debt reduces the the 
sort of steepness of the curve, if you like, decreases quite sharply? No, I, like like Ben said, I mean, o overall, it, it's looking a positive in there's some uh, these contractual disputes and football dis contract disputes we could do with sorting out and either not having to pay them or getting rid of those. And that's quite a big chunk of it. And obviously the EFL hardship, um, I think I'm right in saying we don't, is that right? We don't pay any interest on that. Um, None at so, all, three years. Yeah, so there's no point paying that off at the moment. If you're not paying interest on it, you just as well leave that where it is. So we're probably in an even healthier position than it actually looks. So my, my, my concern is, like Ben's, it, this is great, but we need to be investing in the football side of it. Um, and I'm sure we'll come on to what's happening with lack of activity and the reasons behind that. So uh, I'll leave that for now because I'm sure everybody will have plenty to say about it. But yeah, on on the whole, it's looking good. Um, they said they're spending money on some immediate ground improvements. So it'd be good to have a bit more detail on what they're actually doing. Because um, it was quite a vague um, comment on there that, yeah, we're doing stuff, but we don't really know what. And uh, hopefully we'll see some benefit when we're back at the ground next season. Let's hope so. Um, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. Uh, Craig, um, alongside the financial side, there's always the legal implications of uh, various uh, past and present misdemeanors. And uh, an update was given on that with regards to contractual commitments, um, as well as the, uh, the FA investigation. Now, it's important to say uh, when if you do go back and read these in full and you get all the notes um, on the right hand side, uh, the latest updates column, the bit in bold or any points in bold are important because they are the, the newest updates. Any that aren't in bold, um, as far as I understand, are carryovers uh, from the previous um, board minutes. Um, but legally, again, it's, it's always um, positive. And, you know, as much as people would think otherwise, Craig, it's, we do like to promote positivity when we can. Uh, so it's good to hear that, that certain disputes are being, are being cleared away and it's one less to worry about almost. Yeah, I mean, you, you've come to me for the positives, and yeah, <laughs> yeah well, Ben, ben um, came and, in being negative, so I assumed it was opposites day. Yeah, you, you thought we bounced off each other and changed and everything. Now I'm the positive one. Um, no, sorry, no, no such like. Um, just going back to the debt and everything. One of the good things that that um, Clem has done is paid off that debt to HMRC because mm. the clubs don't have protection against HMRC debt that they used to have. So. So it's good he's done that, but we still have to remember we owe him three million at least um, still. So there is that debt. But people make a big thing about debt as, as well. And debt isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's how you service that debt. Tottenham Hotspur is a great example of a club that's in a lot of debt because they finance their stadium, but they're still able to run at a profit and everything else. They've got a good planning where it's not that debt isn't crippling them. So that's the important thing to remember about debt. It sounds all scary and everything. You know, we were three million in debt. Apart from that thing to HMRC, that was important that we did pay that off. But 700,000 in debt for a League Two club, I'm, it's, it's nothing really. It's, it's nothing to, to be too concerned and worried about as long as we've got a plan in place, which I'm sure Clem and, um, and Rob have, have got to 
to to eventually pay, pay off that debt. So so that's that's the main thing. But we also have to remember that we do owe um, Clem that debt, and I know he said that there's no plan to pay it back and that there's no plan to charge interest on it. But that can still it's change. change. That's that's not contractually written in black and white. It's it's not written in blood that, that that can happen. If he, you know, touch wood, it doesn't happen. But if he gets an illness or his businesses go go under or anything, what's he going to do? He's going to want to call in the, the the debt, isn't he? You know, and, and sell the club and call that in. So, so I, I think we have to be very careful. It happened before. It happened with um, Gretna's owner when, um, you know, God bless him, he he became ill and, and everything, and the family decided not to carry on financing the club on, on his behalf. And then Gretna went out of business. Now, theirs was a slightly different story because they weren't as sustainable, but the point still stands. There's been many examples of, of that. So we have to be clear here that we still owe Clem a lot of money and circumstances can change. So, so you know, it's, it's not the, the, the be all, oh, yeah, we, we don't have to pay it back until he says and you know, and, and we don't have to charge interest, that can still change in the future. So you know, no amount of, um, you know, advisory board minutes is going to cha change that at, at the end of the day. Um, as it, when it comes to the legalities and everything, from what I can understand with that investigation from what was happening under Lee Power, um, it's, it's a tricky one because often the EFL don't take into consideration what's happened under the previous regimes. They, they do have sympathies for that. But if we've broken rules and, and there's, there's a, a punishment for it, we'll, we'll get it. It doesn't matter if Clem's the owner and it happened under power. It, it, they, they will still put those punishments in, whatever it is. Hopefully it will just be a fine. So, so the sooner the stand-in power case gets sorted out, then we might be in a better position to find out what that will be. But I'll be very surprised if the EFL just let us off on it. I can't see yeah. them doing that. They've um, set a precedent where the last few years they've been a lot more stringent after the after the you know debacle of Berry and, and other clubs like like that. They've started to get their house in order and be a bit more strict with the um, the governance and and, and um, football club ownership. So uh, sadly for me, and this isn't just the pessimistic side, this is just no. from seeing what the EFL have done yeah. over the last couple of years. You know, they, they're, they're not messing about now. So, you know, but hopefully we'll be in a better position once once the stand-in and um, the power case is sorted. Uh, and just before we, we move on to any other panels, Craig, one of our favourite things that came out, I think it was in the last advisory board, was the roadmap. It gave us a clear vision of what the club were attempting to do and the time frame in which to do so. Uh, and we've just had the comment come through, will there be a new roadmap before a new third kit is announced? Yeah, possibly. I, I, it wouldn't surprise me because obviously last season was was a waste, wasn't it? And, um, you know, that's one season out, out of the five-year plan already. And, um, you know, there's been a lot of clubs, as I've said before, that have been in League Two for a long time. You know, Carlisle were in that we're in League Two for nine years before they bounced back up. Mm -hmm. We're not too big to, as I said on Friday, we're not too big to go down. We're also not too big to be in this league for nine seasons. So, so yeah, it's um, yeah, I I think um, it's um. You know, we're, we're just going to have to wait and see, really, aren't we? So, yeah. yeah. Um, 
the next thing I picked up on, Ned, uh, was uh, comments regarding the fans themselves. Um, and uh, obviously the club re referred to how positive behaviour can enhance the club's reputation. Um, the EFL have issued a fan behaviour guidelines with automatic bans for pitch invasions and pyro usage. Um, they've also have written to the club... Um, regarding poor fan behaviour due to issues noted above and have warned the club fines are coming. Now, I know there's been moments over the last two and a half years where we've seen certain things and we've called, we've called our own fans out for it. Do you, in your experience of going to the county ground over the last couple of seasons, Ned, um, regardless of frequency or not, do you think that there's a lot of misdemeanors going on within our fan base? I would say not. I don't think there's many. Um, but unfortunately, the people who do it, uh, you know, <clears throat> they stand so much that it sort of tars, every, you know, you know, when it gets reported publicly, it tar, you know, everyone's tired with the same brush. Yeah, um, it just says Swindon remember, fans. Yeah, I mean, like, I remember... Uh, last season, uh, I sort of uh, said on this pod, I was saying about the there was a group of sort of like twenties, thirties um, drunk people in the in the in the Don Rogers uh, banging on the disabled enclosure. I remember yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Give, giving the old V signs to uh, stewards, telling them to stop doing it, and um, it's just, it's just stupid mind you know mind mindless behavior um but i don't think i don't think we've got a problem um there's just it's just for me it's just one or two people that probably don't need to be at the cat ground in the town end i remember there was this kitty um not even watching the football he was just watching the back of the stand he was clearly blooming had some charlie or something um but he was just like, oh, do you know who I am? Do you know who I am? You know, people who are doing that sort of stuff and then trying to sort of start fights with their own fans, why can't the stewards just fuck them off? I, I, I don't get it. You know, what's the reluctance? Because the stewards, the stewards are underpaid, poorly trained, and yeah. and not, you know, they, 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 can't, they can't do it. That's, and like, that's and the like, problem. And like Unlike Powers bodyguards, Powers bodyguards went to Matt Fittis's martial arts school. So, uh, whereas yeah, our students didn't. So. I yeah. mean, I, I, I get there's a lot of, you know, of, of, of the students like watching upwards. There's, there's, there's like, you know, loads of them. They're all just, you know, temps, um, you know, just watching. And then, you know, if something happens, they're really not sure what they're doing. But you also have the, the specialist ones, like the ones with the, the pictures on their sleeves, the ones who are the doormen in nightclubs, they're the ones who should be, you know, let's get Step these in. people thrown out and then and then let's let's go because we don't need them people in our ground and we don't need any, you know, racist or bigots in our ground. No, no. Just get rid of them. You know, I don't care if they've been going for 30 years. I'm sorry, but those are the people who turn off all the potential younger people who can come into the ground. Um, we should just get rid of them. I, I, I apologise, Ned. I'm not laughing at you here. I, 
I've been monitoring what was going on in the chat at the same time, and oh, AC commented, and I was quite concerned because he, it uh, it said sounds gone on this, but working on Twitter. So I was quite worried, and and replied back. <laughs> and we had the reply. I turned my phone volume down. And thought it was a YouTube problem. <laughs> Sorry, Fifey. I, I think as well, Ned, when, when it comes to issues with um, other fans who, who need to not be there, it's reliant on other fans reporting. letting those reporting it. And, and there's a whole sort of culture of don't be a grass sort of thing, isn't there? And and that's 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 an issue in itself. It, it needs not not just the the, the racism thing because you know for me if I, if I heard that I would report it. But like well, that's going to be my like next that, question: How far does someone have to go for you to report them? Yeah, they they're not going to um the the stewards and 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 police aren't going to do anything unless people report it. That's that's yeah. that's the issue and. That unfortunately, there is this this culture to not you know don't you, you, you're, you're you're tainted as a grass if you do report something. You, you know what I mean. So it's a difficult one. I mean, I'll open this up to anyone who wants. Oh, go on, Ned. Sorry. I was going to say the specific incident when this um, kitty Walker. Oh, I'm from Pointer. I mean that he he was reported to the stewards many times, many times by many people um, around our area. And it's just, um, you know, nothing was done. And I, I would imagine nothing's done until he's physically done something. But <laughs> snitches get stitches. Um, it's just, surely you can see, I can see it. Why can't they see it? Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, it's not difficult when you've got someone who's not watching the game, who stood up in front of everyone, threatening people. And you think, well, it's quite obvious that he's not watching the football. It's quite obvious that he's trying to start on people. I mean, if it was very loud in a stadium, then you can understand that they're not being able to sort of pick it up. But <laughs> I don't think it's loud. Loud. <laughs> it's loud. So um, it's it's just you know I would like I would like it to be a bit strict in that respect. I, I mean, I, it's it's really difficult because I love a bit of an aggressive atmosphere yeah. because. You know, because for me, that's it's just releasing some of the the tension. But when the t when that aggressiveness is directed at our own fans, that's when that's when that's not acceptable for me. That's not that doesn't make any sense. Um, when you're literally just turning up to see if you could s start a fight with a, someone from our team, you know, from our fan base. I mean, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. Just need to get them out. Um, I flashed up a comment from Sean earlier, and I'll, I'll open it up to anyone if you've got an opinion on this. I think it's a valid question. How come pyro is an issue here when it seems to be everywhere in the rest of Europe, even in Scottish and Irish grounds? There's loads of it. And it's a fair point. I mean, you see all the, the social media pages dedicated to, like, sort of, say, Dortmund, who are, who are famed for their pyro uh, at the start of every game. What, why do we think uh, in England in particular we're so anti anything that builds an atmosphere i think to be fair there's two two reasons behind that one it's not banned in abroad whereas it's banned here and the reason it's banned here is because idiots set off the pyros and then throw them on the fucking pitch that's well, why you know you don't you get it every now and then in europe but very rarely the pyros are used to 
create the atmosphere in the stands. You know, yeah. um, I'm not, I'm not, I'm neither not here, you know, for or against pyro. But <clears throat> the reason I can tell you now, the reason it'll be banned here is because we've got an absolute bunch of melts who decide to throw it onto the pitch to to put across this hard man image. I was at, I mean, oh, I know some of the lads have been it, but. I was at Harrogate when I was at Harrogate away, and they were setting off pyros in the pub car park. You know, <laughs> like we, and this is why you know we get. This is why we do some fans, and I've seen it's it's every club, every club has them. Yeah. Um, but that's why things like that aren't allowed in in UK football stadiums because we do stupid things like that, like get a pyro, and then all of a sudden we launch it onto the pitch, and it's just kind of like. That's why. That's the exact reason why pyros are banned. If if we could be a little bit more sensible and not have one too many fucking shandies, um, you know, we'd be able to. With you'd probably find it wouldn't get banned as much. But unfortunately, I, I can't see that rule of not taking pyros to ground. I don't think that will ever be turned. Now I think that's that's just as it is now. Unfortunately, um, but yeah, I think there is that kind of. Some agree with Ned's point. Some fans watching maybe, you know, Green Street and Football Factory and things like that, probably a bit too much. And, and they will <laughs> take it upon themselves that they think they can take on half the stand. You know, it's kind of, um, yeah, I think I, I, I look back and, uh, you know, I've got, not not proud to say it, but I've got, you know, family, friends and friends and that that were part of the hooliganisms in like the 70s and 80s. And I'll tell you what, they fucking laugh at what some of our fans do, what they think, you know, with that kind of approach and the hard man Im image. Like, my, like, I won't say which family member, but one family member in particular has told me before, like, literally just calls them little squids. They're just kind of, like, ridiculous, the, the amount of stuff they come out with compared to what they actually did back in the kind of <laughs> hooligan yeah. hooliganism era. You know, it's uh, wannabe hooligans who are just far, far from it. Uh, Sean saying uh, in the chat here, I was actually hit by a pyro at that pub in Harrogate. Uh, remember now you mentioned it, Woody. And uh, a, a, new, a newer name. It wasn't me, by the way. Uh, a new name. I don't, I don't think I've seen. Yeah, Woody. Did the, did the pyro hit him that hard? He's only just remembered. Uh, welcome, welcome, Tim. I, I don't, maybe, unless I'm mistaken, I think this is the first time joining the live chat as well. Uh, welcome. Uh, fans can't be trusted with bottle tops. Let alone pyrotechnics. <laughs> That's the problem. It's, point. it's also a football. It's a football issue, is isn't it? It's it's because anything to do with football, the authorities will clamp down a, a hundred times more than what they would with any other sport. You only have to look at, for any fans going to away games. You're criminalised anyway for just for go just for be, just going for to away games. You, you, but you are though. You, you're not allowed to carry booze on on a coach to away games and things like that. You know, yeah. the the local police are treat treat you totally differently when you're at football games as as, as well. You know, I, I work with the British Transport Police and they're great with football supporters and everything. They 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 do it the right way. But as soon as you step off that station and you're in, you're being dealt with the civil police, they they you know you're basically treated civil. like criminals. No, not very civil at all. You, you're being treated like criminals all the time. You only have to follow, um, uh, what's it called, um, uh, fair support. There's there's a solicitor online on, on Twitter who who deals with football, um, defends football, uh, people who've been prosecuted for um, 
for football related offences and, and the law is so weighted against um, football supporters in a way that it isn't for if you're going to rugby and uh, I've seen rugby supporters be absolute arseholes and smash up pubs and oh. cause trouble on the stations and, and everything oh, no, like no, that. No, 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 you can't speak killer rugby supporters, don't forget. That, what, what's the saying? Football is the game for gentlemen played by hooligans, whereas rugby is the game for hooligans played by gentlemen. Well, that's the thing, and and but you don't hear about that with the rugby players and uh, with the rug not the rugby players, sorry, the rugby fans. But they don't have legislation, actual government legislation that that goes against them, unlike football fans. Hey. And that's that's part of the thing with with pyro. I mean, I get what Woody said is is absolutely one hundred percent spot on with 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 the pyro as as, as well, but. You know, if it happens in other countries, it shouldn't. You know, it shouldn't be a problem. But yeah, it's, I mean, it's one of the biggest. Um, it goes, it one goes of the biggest sporting as... events. Sorry, Woody. Just gonna say, one of the biggest sporting events going on at the minute is the Ashes. Darth Vader got kicked out of the fucking cricket, and everyone thought <laughs> yeah. it was funny. Yeah, clearly, he's been kicked out for something. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Sorry, Woody. Carry on. Well, I was backing up Craig's point. Really, it goes as far as kind of. I think the kind of legislative side set by UEFA, set by FA is just as bad, you know, like because you've got, you're not allowed to take a, a pint of beer, you know, within, uh, the rule is something like within plain sight of football, isn't it? So even if you're in the hospitality boxes, they get covered up, don't they, during the game if yeah. you're still in them. So you can't have a, um, so you can't have a drink. And, but then like rugby's fine, non-league is fine. Now I've seen some right jobs in non-league football, <laughs> but the, um, you know, and every other sport is fine, but the moment if I'm a football fan, the moment that alcohol turn, bites comes near my lips, I turn into a fucking B Tech Vinnie Jones. I'm all over the place, apparently. So. <laughs> um, I don't know about anyone else, but I'm really I, I would quite like to get the full uh, the full story from Sean. He's there's, there's there. conversation still that. going on about the, the pyro that hit him. It came through the door as I was coming out of a pint, bloody stained my shorts. Oh, I think I might have. I might have actually subconsciously met Sean. Then <laughs> I remember that happening. That was this season, wasn't it, Sean? I'm, I'm sure it was this. Well, last season. Woody, were you the one who threw it in there? <laughs> I, it. I, it. I didn't want it near Rich's car, so I um, <laughs> in, in other news, uh, Ben, you will recall some time ago you got called out by many of our loyal uh, viewers and listeners for not doing the smoke alarm. I then got the same treatment a couple of weeks back when mine for one episode. Uh, now it's one of our, our favourite sons being called out as the comment, Ned needs a new battery in his clock. Come <laughs> <laughs> on. Uh, what else have we got? Um, I get the feeling the that AC who... <laughs> AC who... Um, we, we've learned a lot on, on Fools Rush here. AC isn't short of an opinion or two. Um, has come in on the previous point. Rugby fans are all tough, far like boot cut wearing cowboy boot nonsense, nonsense <laughs> police haven. Get the feeling oh, that AC might not oh, be a rugby fan. Oh, that's that's the oh AC. Oh, oh, that, that is the quote of the bloody <laughs> year. It. That is. Uh, what that's else have we got here? Uh, Evening, Mark. Uh, Mark's been in touch. Said never understood the retaining bottle tops. You can still piss in the bottle and throw it. <laughs> Uh, Rob is uh, <laughs> Rob's agreeing with Craig Craig's spot on as soon as you go off the train you're treated badly Bristol Rovers away years ago 
in an escort, loads needed a piss. They said, no, go against the wall and then find us for urinating in public. <laughs> so bad. So bad. That was, um, that was the same. Like when Rich and I went to Port Vale away, um, when you go to Port Vale, there's, no, there's pretty much no pubs around the ground at all. And we bumped into like just a local copper and we said, oh, is there any, any pubs like for away fans or any fans for that matter? Mm. He said, no, you're better off just going to the offy, going around to the park and just sitting down and having a drink there and i'm just like sat there going like hold on if we come off the train with crates of beer in our hands mm -hmm. you'd be like craig was saying we'd be treating like public enemy number one you're telling me to go to the local office right next to a kid's park and just sit there and uh, sit there and just booze myself away whilst i'm waiting just... <laughs> drinking your jack <laughs> from 2020 <laughs> speaking of maybe, court maybe... Uh, sorry now go on I think I'm saying maybe the problem is that you're not buying the boot from the town. So therefore, <laughs> it's like you're not helping the local economy. Yeah. <laughs> AC highlighted Port Vale as well, saying in January 2022, got told the away fans' pubs didn't have enough home fans in them, so were rejected by the local constabulary. Um, Nigel saying that Ned lives in a time warp. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tom goes really slowly in Ned's world. All, all the fools are joining in the chat now. There's Gary, evening, mate. Uh, clubs making everything card payment only to remove the risk of a flying coin. And uh, <laughs> and then changing the tone completely, Joe says, if I was allowed to take pints into games, I'd be setting off mega fireworks and throwing my bra at the Don Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that said throwing my bra at Don Rogers. Eh? <laughs> 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 I might have to switch from um, sitting in the Arkles to going into the Don Rogers now. So, <laughs> I do, Well, see, I, I now, because you said throwing it at Don Rogers, I've just got pictures of his new statue being defaced with people's bras just hanging off it on that stage. <laughs> 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 no bubble on his head. Wow. Uh, let, let's move on. And uh, Woody, I'd like to highlight the section on uh, PR and social media to you, if I may, please, sir. My favourite uh, for the moment. They're still referencing the fan engagement results that were very positive. Now, if I remember these correctly, these were based on the season before the one that just finished. You know, That's when right. yeah. the fan, when the club actually engaged with the fans, um, and we were doing reasonably well. Um, it says that they're, they're looking through responses to see what can be further improved. Uh, I understand why this is still being highlighted, because it's a positive that can be spoke about. However, everyone knows now what this is based on. And we're expect as good as this result was, it wouldn't surprise anyone if after the season we've just had and the fan engagement from the club that we've just had for the season... If all that positivity, we sink right back down to where we were, would it? Yeah, I mean, we're going to be dining out on this until 2079, isn't we? It's just kind <laughs> of like like we are with the bloody V Cup win. Um, the um, yeah, I think it's we want to talk about, and I get criticised all the time because I say that I don't believe in false positions in a football league table. If there's anything that screams, <laughs> you and your false position. If, if there's anything that screams false position, it's that fucking employer engagement in uh, not employer engagement. Fan I've engagement, sir. Got my HR head on now. My, <laughs> my, my, my my this fan engagement index. It's a load of bollocks. Like, um, because it's one of those that 
I don't remember filling out anything that was talking about my club and I go all the time or was going all the time then. Um, can anybody else on this panel remember filling, I remember out filling a... it in? Oh, fuck off, wifey. Anybody, <laughs> you know, any, anybody who actually goes to games and doesn't watch them whilst filling in these surveys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love so, a good survey. So, yeah, even if, even if you take that, you've got like less than, you know, not even 75% of this panel have remembered filling out that survey. So, um, it's it's pointless um i you know social media the idea of social media is it's here and now um you know like there's a reason why um people delete their twitters after when they get a new job and things like that because they don't want the history to be brought back up again um with swindon will be fine because we haven't really put anything decent on twitter for about 15 months so <laughs> we don't have to worry about our last 15 months of uh, twitter engagement so but, Could you yeah. imagine if Ben was head of social media engagement for Swindon Town? Well, oh, it'd be incredible content. content. Oh, the content every day. Do you know what I would do? I would send players out onto local fan podcasts to do interviews. <laughs> and I'd yeah, Stop it, Ben. You'll get us in trouble. You know, ben, Ben, you, you, would, you would make a really good media executive and club photographer as well, you would. I'll tell you what. You can volunteer for it, Ben, if you wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> you know what club likes nothing better than an unpaid role? You, you, really, you'd do that, wouldn't you? A, a really, uh, really enthusiastic amateur. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine the socials of my... And you, and you might even get to speak to a player. Yeah. Yeah. I hear um I, I hear Matt Fitz is good at um, PR as well. and, and um, He's brilliant. He's got yeah. the app on his side and everything. Yeah, yeah, honestly, exactly. Yeah. Honestly, you, but, you think you think I'm only sending my tweets out of the club? You would sign like <laughs> David Brent or someone like that. It's like Dave Bentley or some weird like that. Would uh, <laughs> yeah. be a nightmare. Sean <laughs> says that fan engagement is even poor in the ground with the crap yeah. PR system I mean, they've he's, got. He's right though. That's you know that's the that he is hundred percent hundred right. Like if I said to you. What what engage genuinely? I know we sit here and we criticise the club mainly for entertainment purposes, but are you not entertained? With the exception of trying to sell you a fucking season ticket, right? What engagement have you had with the club? honestly, you you couldn't write it. I got it. No, 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 no. I got that email again. I got that email again ten minutes after I got the email where the club told me that we weren't allowed to talk to Charlie Austin. Yeah, because they probably went, oh, that's media. Add no, Swindon Town, <laughs> here, come and get your seat. I'm taking the piss. But, yeah, it. it's, I just, I, it, I, if, if, I'll tell you what, what will, the evidence will be in the pudding with that bloody survey. If we're anything above 60 next year, there's something wrong with that survey because I, I just cannot, really <laughs> cannot see how we, unless they take OSC into consideration mm -hmm. and, uh, Sir Tom or Bent Lounge, us. Mm -hmm. um, well, they, they they won't consider us life. for positive feedback, no, no, will they? Life, <laughs> life of, no, but what I mean is, it, unless they consider that fan engagement, like you know, the life of Kitman, uh, life of a Kitman yeah. podcast, all that kind of stuff. If they consider that as engagement, we might get into the low forties. Um, but it's you know, I just think that if they're on about direct engagement with the fans. I'm sorry, but I've, I've said this all along. It's not the club that are doing the majority of it. It's the foundation yeah. that do the majority of the engagement. Um, and they are a separate entity. We've made that clear, quite clear several times. So, um, but yeah. 
you can yeah well yeah but engagement doesn't have to necessarily be brand news it could be anything there's so much they could do but you know why it's because they've got nobody at the club they're trying to you know we talk about the debts earlier um and all this kind of stuff the reason the debt can go down is because we're paying crap wages in the club we're not replacing people when they leave you know that's the reason the money's that's what that's why we're not in debt you know doesn't mean that we're running a healthy business um, I'm not convinced we're running a healthy business, in my opinion, but that's just my perspective. Um, that is not the opinions of Falls Rush In. Before we go, I, I also, there was a very interesting section of fan Q&As, and, and I took a couple of them, which I think you guys might like to discuss. But before that, they also had the section on um, Swindon Town women, so it was good to to highlight some of the points that they've done here. So in terms of the sort of the day-to-day, the here and now, and with regards to Swindon Town women and integration, uh, they, the new updates, head coaches continue to recruit over the close season. Um, if we understand correctly, the majority of, of last season's squad has been disbanded, so a lot of recruitment is needed. Uh, two assistant coaches and a physiotherapist uh, still to be recruited, uh, regular monthly meetings for back office and coaching teams have taken place and scheduled. Pre-season training and friendlies being organised, um, so not yet set. Um, trials planned. I have seen, um, obviously, uh, various posts about open trials and stuff, um, and they, they speak about that in the next one. Holding open evening for development and under-18 players and parents to present the plans for next season and to meet the management and coaching team. So th- there is a plan there. Um, uh, and I know I'm not as knowledgeable as, say, you know, of the ins and outs of women's football as, say, yourself, Woody. I read that and think, much like the men's team, we perhaps we seem slightly behind the curve again, um, which fans shoot me down for having that opinion on the men's team. So perhaps I shouldn't panic. You know, that's the phrase everyone's using. Don't panic. It's only <laughs> the end of June does it matter if Swindon Town women only have six contracted players at the minute, eight contracted players? However many it is, maybe not. Um, but it does it does read to me as an outsider that perhaps they are slightly behind the curve in terms of a lot of that stuff. If pre-season is being planned and not planned, if if players are being identified and recruited, and you know that, and there isn't a contracted starting eleven, for example, I might be slightly more concerned. Uh, yeah, I mean, they have got friendlies arranged. Um, I did think that when I saw that they they put out on Twitter a couple of days ago. Um, but the you know, and that, that's probably a good time to mention. I don't know if they they didn't put it in the advisory board, but on the 16th of July, they've got the um memorial match for Carla Heaton. I don't know if yep. you remember, she passed away. I saw that, yeah. Um, that's at Sirens, I think it's at Sirens, yeah, at, at Sirens, yeah, yeah. So, um, obviously, we'll probably promote that a little bit more towards the um towards the occasion, occasion yeah. um I, I think it brings around one or two things have they called as many players as we think or as the rumors suggest i'm probably going to say no just because and the only reason i know that is because i know that clubs kind of around the area have started back training and from my knowledge there aren't that many swindon players turning kind of going clubs. turning up to those the other thing that's just I'm a bit unsure of, and I'm, I'm just having a quick surf through Twitter. There's no open training sessions or trials, whatever you want to call them, for the first team. No. Um, it's only for the development and the under-18s. Um, so, and I don't know the ins. I've not 
I could ask Kiana about it, I guess, but um, I'm more focused on my team at the moment. But the I just think that does that mean that Mike's got his targets? He's got his players, you know, fair play if he has in some ways. Um, you know, it just it, it'd just be quite weird to. I just maybe yeah. they haven't maybe they haven't called as many as we think as we think they have. Yeah. Um, you know, there was obviously the talk about contracting players, which rightly they should. I think you should at tier four anyway. Um, the, you know, like the, the the future prospects who mm-hmm. who could potentially make some money if they end up transferring to a bigger club. Yep. Um. So yeah, it's um. But yeah, I just think yeah, I think maybe it's not. It's probably what Swindon wanted, to be honest. They wanted everybody to get all hyped up and, you know, kind of annoyed about everything that happened. Don't get me wrong. I still I still question the Alice Bowden decision and, and things like that. But it's kind of, that's just my personal opinion in, in the matter. But it's, um, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I just This is what I pay you the big money for, is to have an opinion. Yeah. Money? There we go. <laughs> ben, Ben, money? <laughs> money? Ben, you do it for the love of talking football. Hey, I do. I talk shit for a living, so it's great. Yeah, I spent the whole morning with him. I can vouch for that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we had then, only, only joking, mate. We had a lovely time. We went. To we Costa, did. We did. Costa, if you want to sponsor us, at Costa. We had a lovely Costa. Then we went to Dan's. It was great. Yeah. And then there's no. Um, there, there was no sort of new points raised on the longer term strategy. Just their uh, their five year no, plan to get to the championship. Um, and other such points. Um, let me draw your attention to a few of the fans' questions then, and, and I'll just open them up, and uh, and you guys jump in on the topics you'd wish to discuss. The first one uh, that caught my attention, and if it's a if it's a bit small on the screen, don't worry, I will be I will read them out for you as well. Um, this one saying catering options. I would like to raise again the catering in the Arkle stand. A number of away fans have complained about only having pasties as an option. Town End have a burger van. Could this not be extended to the Arkles home and away fans? Uh, feedback or answer to that. Thanks for the feedback. Looking to add options to kiosks to improve offerings. Now, we, we uh, were quite self-deprecating earlier about the status of our physical statures for the majority of the pod. Um, I think this is an area that we might sort of specialise in ourselves. What would we like to see food-wise at the county ground? I'd quite uh, like that, Pie mash and syrup. <laughs> syrup? Rupp-up. No, Absolutely. not syrup. It was, uh, <laughs> no, what was it called? Liquor. What did we have it on? Liquor. liquor. That's it, liquor. Pie mash and liquor. To be fair. <laughs> <laughs> just got, got a pie and mash you're just waiting for the golden syrup to come That's off it. the screen. <laughs> I'd like to see us do like loaded fries or something like that. I yeah. think that would be, that'd be nice, some, think, some, something like that as a personal I preference. I think, I think we're quite far behind a lot of clubs at the moment, even non-league clubs. I think there's an opportunity now. Now we kind of, well, we do kind of own the ground. We own it now. Um, that there could be like, there's no reason why we can't have more street food-esque type things. Like yeah. I yeah. thought the, the introduction, introduction of the... Um, Greek place was great. It's a really good idea. Yeah. Um, you know, like Craig said, with you know, you could have like loaded fries option. Although you do get that in the town end. I don't know if you get it anywhere else. Oh, okay. Um, mm. um, but yeah, it's um, 
I mean, there's that argument, isn't there? You see it all the time on, on Facebook. People are like, oh, if you can't survive football without a burger, blah, 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 then, you know, it's just kind of like... Um, so, yes, to a certain extent, you can understand why it's cheap. But I think if you just had a variety of there, like when I went, when Rich and I went to watch Red in Chelsea, um, they had like, and this was the women's game, they had street food vendors outside, um, kind of like a little food zone, if you like. And they just had like, and bearing in mind, there was only 6,000 fans there. And they just had things like, um, I think there was Mexican there. There was obviously the burgers, the fries, and, you know, just little, you know, I think go out there charge a very low pitching fee to somebody locally who does street food and um and and then use that bit behind the don rogers have a bit of a fan zone noodle bar a noodle bar yeah Something yeah like that. i love a noodle bar noodle i was bar. at the crossroads in swindon and the first time i've been up there in ages and then next to the subway they had like the noodle bar chopsticks. Thing. it wasn't open yet chopsticks that was it and i was like you know oh, it's one of them in reading as well yeah, they, I think they do some of the services. Um, as at Beaconsfield, got I've got I've got like a little noodle basically, and really really good, and that'll go really down well, really really well on a cold day. Little noodle bar. Oh, oh. I can't wait for I next think... summer. Next summer's content of Ben reviews the motorway service stations. <laughs> I could probably do that. <laughs> you know, to be fair, I, I used to, when I used to work for Burke and I was driving up and down the country, I've been to quite a few of them. Charge to the company. Thank you very much. No wonder. Yeah, I'm with you there, Ben. I quite, I quite like to see like nachos, hot hot nachos, where yeah. um, you know, like the the cheese sauce and salsa, sour cream. Just not I the prices of ones. They they did that last last season in the town end. It's it's just you need something which is you can get instantly because obviously mm. you got to feed, you got to get it out and you know it's not like you know, with, with like a noodle bar, you can't do that over and over again. Oh, what would you like? Oh, well, let me think about it for two minutes and stand there. Um, it needs to be something they could just, there's one, there's another, there's another, there's another. And I think nachos would be a good one. Do you take my think, noodle um, bar dream away? outside the grounds you know before you yeah, come in yeah, yeah. that that would be perfect but inside the ground for half time you need something which can just be like there you go five pound Losh. Um, i would yeah. love to i would love to know the identity behind some of the names of the of the people who do make our shows what they are with their contributions because i don't like to refer to people as sound trauma um however They've suggested warm milk as an option. <laughs> <laughs> an option oh, if, it, if it's straight from the cow, then yeah, why not? Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, it's the county ground. You're suggesting that the fridges work. It probably would be warm milk. When we can have that, just specialist for the away games, like when we've got say Port Vale, we can have warm milk that's been sat in the away end for like a week or so. Then just laugh and be a nice little aroma for them. So chunky hot lemon wow. milk. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to the next one that caught my eye, um, and it's uh, I'll just flash it up on the screen for you here. Um, quite a long one, so I'll try and I'll try and cut it a little bit. It's regarding ground atmosphere, which we touched on earlier. Um, it says, I've mentioned this before um, via different mediums. We need to generate an atmosphere before games, particularly the 15, 20 minutes before kickoff with rousing music. Uh, had the pleasure of going to Newcastle games, and they really get the crowd going before and as the players come out. 
They have inexpensive flags permanently amongst the seats that are, I guess, one meter square. Um, they also talk about they play Blade in Races and the Beatles songs, Hey Jude, amongst others. We could get local male voice choir to adapt a few popular songs to include Swindon lyrics. Uh, perhaps the crowd would adopt them and sing them during games, uh, perhaps making one of them our own, such as the Sheffield song known as the Greasy Chip Butty song. Um, and then these, so there was a really long question, and then the one <laughs> sentence reply. That's just call it the club, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it's just, just give that one no, sentence no. dismissive answer, isn't it? Survey was carried out regarding what fans would like to have and see, and meetings to discuss the results planned for the end of June 2023. So, could something be in place for the new season, do we think? Well, last year, I like, Mark, I like the um, idea of the, the male voice choir, what, what he said. That's quite, um, that's somewhat different, isn't it? That's quite, I think that'd be quite a good idea. It, it might work, it might not work, but you know, try. You know, anything, you know, the, the, the county ground's like a morgue at the best of times, isn't it? So, you know, I'm, 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 I'm happy all, for, for anything. I'm all for the Bobinettes coming back, but a little bit older than the ones that we had last time. And <laughs> 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 um, no. Sean, oh, no. Sean, Sean's got a real gripe here because he said, going back to the PA system, that would help a bit if you could actually hear the music. Well, well, what's the main method of communicating with the fans on a match day? It's the PA system, and they still haven't fucking... I mean, I know that was pre... and This was pre-Clem, wasn't it? The PA system's been fucked. But you think that that would, you know, in order to, you know, communicate with the fans effectively, you think that'd be one of the first things they would do? It takes uh, that, that Sunderland sketch with the Sunderland owner trying to <laughs> update and play really upbeat to it because it doesn't mean we have to pay for a new PA system, which just stops the take deck. <laughs> I can see that conversation happening on the walls of the county ground. And Clem going, "Yeah, we can, we can play lots of tunes." And then Sound Trauma likes panpipes. <laughs> I tell you what was quite good though, actually. Now we're just going back to about 2010, the year we got relegated under Paul Hart. Now they used to start; these players used to line up the first bit, and there was uh, uh, someone. There was a girl that sang, "I can't help falling in love with you." But it was really quite good, and it actually got you going the way, way it was sung, because she could sing pretty the well. The song always gets me going when it's sung at the football. When it, Makes yeah, me think of and, you guys. Yeah, and, and, and she it was sung really, 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 and like, like an anthem when it really gets you going. And I remember that in, in like 2011, when we were shit and got relegated. But Quite, quite, quite a few seasons ago, and, and I can't remember which season it was, we had um, an opera singer blasting it out and there was a couple of kids with massive big flags walking around the ground just mm. geeing everybody up and that you know that come across really well because obviously an opera singer you, you the voice portrays and you, everybody's you know you, you're not going to miss hearing it and something like that to me yeah. is that sort of thing yeah whether it's a live a live singer or like you say or a choir um it's got to be the right tunes though hasn't it it's got to be something yeah. upbeat yeah. that is you know, not something bloody dull and dreary. It's uh, got to be something that uh, gets people stamping their feet. It's bit, if it's a bit big game, and there's, a little desk, of, and there's a bit of activity <laughs> going on, and it's a big game, and you know, there's excitement. Someone, you know, a good opera singer, blurring yeah. out, take my, you know, take my, and it, that will get everyone going. That's something problem that is though. Brilliant. Problem is, there's no one that would do that for free. Oh yeah. <laughs> 
The next will, one. <laughs> the next yeah, one is a. Um, <laughs> the next one is the start of a couple of sort of cynical questions that I noticed there was a, a tone to a lot of the questions as I was reading through them. Um, whether you were classed as cynical or, or sarcastic or or what. So I'll I'll flash this one up uh, for you all. Um, and again, for the purposes of uh, <coughs> sorry, excuse me, for the purposes of anyone listening back to this, um, the question is: Where is Clem Morfumi when Clem's buying the club and in in commas saving this club from Lee Power? He was free to FaceTime and Skype at the most random times and appeared on virtually every fan podcast possible. This season, when there have been on-field, off-field issues and concerns from the fans, he has been mute. Apart from the late legend in Nairidi gifting us the county ground, I've barely seen him comment on STFC. Uh, two reactions from the club. Uh, Clem is busy working in Australia with Axis and working hard behind the scenes driving the club forwards. He's still available to communicate openly to all fans where and when it's relevant and needed. Um, and I have seen... Oh, fuck off. That that last sentence is basically a big fucking cop-out. Yeah, they, can, <laughs> they can fuck right off with that response, I tell you. That, 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 is, that is the most disingenuous response I think the club has ever made when and when it is appropriate. Oh, fuck off. He is our owner. He is the man who, who saved us and, and everything. And it was all well and good when he was going around pouring pints and in his fucking black, you know, red and white van and everything, like Postman fucking Pat. Going around the fucking town, right? But now it's only when, as and when it's appropriate for him. Oh, fuck off. That has really pissed me off now, that has. And that question was by Mr. C. Arnold from Switzerland. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, on that note, I did notice um, that they have said moving forward they are going to publish who asked the question as well. Um, oh, that'll get people asking questions. I fucking okay. don't. <laughs> Absolute donuts. Oh, come on. I'm going to publish myself as M Mr. M. Jackson and Mr. M. Mr. IP3. But to be fair, how Craig's just reacted is exactly how I reacted when I read them earlier. And I just went, like, what you. Oh, how would you like your bread buttered? Oh, wow, with a knife. It's just kind of like... <laughs> <laughs> stupid, absolutely ridiculous answer. And they've not answered the question at all. And it's just like, it brings me back. I, I'm going to call it out on it. I don't give a shit. Sorry, Fifey. But it brings me back to that whole, this commitment's why we couldn't get Charlie Austin on. You know, it's, oh, they're too busy. What? We, we film at nine o'clock on a fucking Monday and Friday night. The club don't do anything with them on a Monday and a Friday night. Why can't they yeah. come out on then? He actually offered his time to us, and they, but, but they can't because of player commitments. It's bollocks. It's because they're too worried about what people are going to say. And it's yeah. the same. They're, they're probably worried and, about what Austin is going to say. Yeah. Straight <laughs> talking Austin and straight talking us. Yeah. Lethal what, combination. And, and Sorry, what, and, and the reason being, and it's like Craig said, last year when, when Clem took over, um, like you say, the vibe in the town was good because we had somebody take over the club. Season ticket sales were going. We didn't really care. Let's be honest. We wanted to get promotion. Of course we did. But we realistically knew we were in, a, you know, stuck between a rock and a hard place. And then because we've had a shit season, coincidentally, 
all the people that normally that you would want to ask for answers are not available all of a sudden and or have just realized that Australia are 12 hours ahead. Um, it's just like it's, it's, it's a load of bollocks working on this access stuff. I'm sorry. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm massively grateful to Clemens regime for getting us financially where we where we need to be. And I'm not going to take that away from him. Let's not forget that Lee Power also got us to financially where we didn't need to be at one point as well. But the um, but the thing is, it's kind of why why the why has he just dropped the engagement? And I, I genuinely believe it's because they're too worried about what fans are going to say and what fans are going to call. It. That's the reason the fans forum was cancelled because wow. we had a shit season. You say that that was my next yep. one. That fans forum. Date still they, to be confirmed. They, yeah, fucking, exactly. they said they said end of August when they fucking confirmed that. So that's not they, we, we just know that that's not going to fucking happen. All that they're obliged to do is the advisory board minutes, and that is their get out of fucking jail card. I tell you what, that that um that that fucking fans forum isn't going to happen until Clem Morfuni sells the club. Uh, ben, that coffee you took for you went for with Craig earlier has kicked in. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll tell you the trouble at the moment is that obviously we all support the town, support the team. We want them to do well, and you know everything to be going going the right way. But it's at the moment, um, you know, we've got sold four and a half thousand season tickets, which is pretty good considering what's going on. We'll probably get eight, nine, ten thousand um, gates coming through, which is which is really good. But it's like. A company I used to work for, um, T's and C's were good. There were some good things going on, but most of the staff were pissed off. And what's happening at the moment is that's starting to happen with the fans now, with the way the club are doing things. People are starting to get pissed off with what's going on. And if they aren't careful, it's going to go down the wrong slope and, and people are sort of stepping away now and... Calling the club out, like in, like you say, getting no answers. You hear all sorts of things of cost cutting within the club, and uh, you know we seem to be going in a totally opposite direction. Is like you said, two um, two seasons ago when Flick Clem first came in. Um, I'm just going to flash this comment up here from Sean. He says I just disagree with the Clem situation. He's come over at the drop of a hat. And has overstayed to get things sorted. Um, Sorry, just, Sean. I just Sean, absolutely, mate. We're, we're not discrediting anyone's opinion. I am. We, we openly accept all opinions. We, we we just give you ours and hope that you give back yours. Uh, yeah. We're not going to um, say you're wrong the same as we'd like to think you wouldn't say we were wrong. I appreciate it's an opinion and it's a fair one, um, but I would be really inclined to see which when he's actually come over at a drop of a hat because I'm ninety percent sure. And don't quote me on this. I'm pretty sure he has to be over here a certain amount of time because he owns the football club. Yeah. Um, and I think that's part of the stipulation. So he might have, he might have come over at a drop of a hat, but I'm, I'm wondering how many of those, it looks like a drop of a hat when really he was planning to come over anyway. The overstay bit though, I completely agree with. I know he has overstayed a couple of times, but it, it's still, I'm sorry. It's still, it's still, um, it still doesn't answer why he can't, why last season he could do, he could do a, a, a telephone call from Australia. Didn't he meet with some Swindon fans in Australia and did yeah. it as a live video feed? Why is it? Why is he not doing that again? Um, you know, it's an hour. But yeah, it's a fair. It's a fair point. But I just, I just wonder how many of those he actually did come over a drop of that. Before I flash up the next one, and I've only taken, I think it's two. Yeah, two more. 
Um, there are others, uh, and again, well worth a read if you get the opportunity to. The, the uh, notes are available uh, via the club's official website. Um, just when I flash this one up, I just want to remind everyone, it's only June. We don't need to panic. Okay? Nobody panic <laughs> when I flash up this, this long question. And again, you can see very long question, very short answer with regards to transfers. Uh, the question reads, uh, I presume this early business that you promised, crucial point, when trying to sell season tickets and claiming things will be different will all be occurring this week. Last season, after the manager debacle and the never-ending saga, we signed a player on June 23rd. Now, today, we are streaming on June 26th. Still no player signed. Uh, this was considered extremely late, given the season started less than five weeks away. Uh, should this week pass without business, which it did, we will reach a similar point, RE dates. A slightly lazy but highly relevant comparison would be the promotion season under Richie Wellens, where the first signing came on June the 2nd. Other clubs in the league who are serious about promotion have signed six players, for example. And the answer, work is progressing with Michael Flynn leading recruitment and ensuring we get the right players in to add to the um, circa 18 already in contract. Now, I believe when these went out, it was actually 20, but Ellis has since left. So I believe we've actually got a squad of 19 as it stands at time of at time of recording. But uh, so, yes, nobody panic. Work is underway. But clearly we're not the only fans who, who well, again, Ben, Ned have been very much the other way to, to a lot of us. Woody, to an extent, has as well. Uh, even Nick, actually. Craig, I think we're in the minority on this one. But fans are getting restless when you see the business being done elsewhere. Anyone want to jump in? I, on think, I think we've, I think we've all been quite vocal about this recently in recent episodes. So, um, I think we've all said our piece. Um, personally, I think things on the player recruitment front can change quite quickly. You know, you can quite easily sign two in a week, the next two, two, three weeks, and we just caught everyone up. There does need to be a lot of changes. There does need to be lots of in and outs. The ball does need to start moving quite quickly. Pre-season does start soon. In an ideal world, you want these already done to start pre-season with. So we've got a team together. The majority of the side will be together, which is unlike most Swindon teams of the past. A lot of the times we've only had about eight or nine players. We've got twice that at the moment. So it is a bit different to the past, but a lot of changes do need to still happen. Um, so at the moment, we're sort of stuck in a limbo and it's very frustrating watching our competitors continue to sign players, continue to make good signings, where we're just still just stuck in this limbo. And because, albeit Flynn did come out and speak to us recently, <laughs> there has been pretty much radio silence since Austin signed his contract, which again gets the anxiety levels up for the Swindon fans. So I, Again, I, I've said before, I've thrown it out there, that was announced at a time when there were dwindling season ticket sales and they had to I'm do just something. Simple, yeah, it's a cynical oh. way of doing it and you, you might even be right. But it worked if it did because no one else had 4,600. So... I think I think as well people are mistaken this panic with the size of the squad. I've got no issues with the size of the squad. It's the fact that the squad we've got isn't good enough. That's yes. my concern. Um and and I can tell you do you know what the evidence of that is? No other fucker is coming in for any of our players except mm -hmm. for Ellis. That 
that is that shows you the level of our, nobody's coming in for any of our players. So for me, that is evidence in the right evidence in paper that we're holding on to these players because either nobody wants them or we're not making signings. Um, so I mean, like I say, I, as you said, Fife, I'm probably a little bit on the fence about. I'm not panicking, and I don't think many people are panicking. I think it's more of a case of. We're just getting pissed off that it seems to be the same thing happening every single fucking year that we leave it to late to make sign-ins when clubs around us are making... Clubs that are already better than us are making sign-ins that are what we need. Um, and Yeah, I spoke enough about that on Friday, but I think this common misconception of people think we're panicking because of the number of players, that was last season because I think we only had like nine players. Um, mm. But this season, we've got plenty of players. They're just not good enough. Yeah, I think, um, I, you know, it's, um, you know, it, it's like the club and some of our fans are saying to those of us who are concerned and everything, it'll be, all, it'll be all right. Don't panic and everything. Well, I'm sure the people on the Ocean Gate submarine probably said the same thing. And that was a, a rickety old thing put together um, on the cheap as well. So, you know, you, you just, it, it, that's, that's, that's how it could um, t turn out for us, and, you know, and, that's at the bottom of the ocean. So, you know, we, we could end up going into the National League. You never know. But Michael Flynn has bought a brand new, not Logitech, but actual proper PlayStation controller for this season. So I have full faith. <laughs> well, that's, that's good. I've got more faith then. But, what's Tyler's play going to be like? Is it going to burst through on goal and then play the triangle pass when the goalkeeper rushes out? Uh, it's just like look, they've learned how to tip it at the right time if you get it right. Just Sorry if that was um, too soon for, for any of our viewers. But, um, <laughs> but um, right, just, just, I just want to, I just need to clarify that one, Craig. So you're apologizing if the joke about the submarine is too soon, but yet you went all in on Schofield cracks no more than three days ago. <laughs> well, I, I think I think cracks. Is, I think that, that's the problem. Isn't it? Being on Schofield's crack is is probably one of the biggest problems. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I think cracks is probably an unfortunate word to use there. I think Fifi, but there we go. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, the, in, in all seriousness, you know, it's, it's it's it is a concern. I'm not panicking at the moment because I'm hoping that in this net, well, by the end of this week, we've signed five players, but I can't see it happening. I'll be surprised if, if we sign two by the end of the week and then that's a 1.5 million return though, yeah. Um, but um, but I it's think... It's okay um, because the impression that, that the local media have got is there will be activity before the players return for pre-season, which I remind you is on Wednesday. Wednesday. I don't get this whole thing that, that everything has to wait until Wednesday before... We can sign players and everything. I don't. I don't get it. <laughs> unless, unless Swindon ever. That's bad. Sorry, I started, Craig. I've opened a can of worms there, haven't you I? Have. Yeah. Unless, That's the wrong um, analogy as well. We're not even point. playing Jackbox today at the moment, are we? <laughs> Ben's trying to make a point. Ben's pissing himself in the middle of the screen. That's all right. No, well, the Cubs still haven't announced Bruitt's extension yet, so maybe we have signed five or six players. They've just not... You know, we're just going to see him randomly turn up and go, who's that? <laughs> you, <laughs> watch, you watch Bruitt... 
You they watch through it end up on trial somewhere else. Everyone will be like, I thought it's like a fucking contract. AC, AC, that is that is I know, that is class, but it is terrible at the same time. I, I, personally, personally, I can't fathom it. Oh, oh, great. oh We're taking a deep dive here, boys. Fuck yeah. off, Ben. <laughs> Fools rush in as a podcast like a sinking ship. <laughs> oh dear. Should we move on to the last one? Yeah, let's have a sing song. <laughs> we all live. <laughs> oh, Ben. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I tell you what, boys, you, you were worried we'd get cancelled on Friday with Jackbox. It's probably going to happen now. Oh, <laughs> we're going on quicker than Titanic. Sure, the new players will be in the new kit on Wednesday. Yep, yeah, that's that's a lot of people are, uh, are suggesting uh, Brewitt to be the player to show off the new kit, says Gary. Um, AC saying that Jackbox is a drop in the ocean compared to this, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Mark's just saying cancelled. Rob is enjoying himself again, and he just puts fuck with laughing, crying emojis. I'm trying really hard to keep this this, this, this shit together. <laughs> yeah. I stopped myself, Woody, and you fucking said it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there will be no we references to HMS Piss the League from now on, please. Anyway, the last sets of questions, again, were regarding Swindon Town women. And again, it was I wasn't sure how I felt about these because... I get what's being asked, but it's again, it's the kind of cynical, um, sort of sarcastic nature in, in which they were asked. So the first question was Mike Cook's appointment largely due to the fact he aided and mentored Gav Gunning last season with the coaching badges. Um, answer no, Mike Cook's appointment was driven uh, by our Swintown Women Director of Football, Tom Hartley, following a thorough search. And we're delighted to have someone of Mike's experience and quality at the helm of the women's team. Um, that sounds like a dreaded vote of confidence already uh, for the old school champ manager players amongst us. Um, <laughs> is the new Swindon Town Women Director of Football appointment of Mandy Coe largely down to the fact that Coe Capital are an STFC commercial partner? Does this candidate have the required credentials and knowledge of the game to succeed as a director of football for Swindon Women? Um, Mandy, and then the response. This is one of the longest responses of the whole yeah. uh, of the whole thing. Uh, Mandy Coe is head of football for Swindon Town Women, has done a great job working with the existing committee as we look to transform Swindon Town Women and drive the team up the leagues. Uh, Mandy has excellent credentials and experience from extensive and successful business career. Uh, she worked closely with Mike Cook and Tom Hartley. We are sure they will drive Swindon Town Women onwards and upwards. Now, Fifey, sorry, just for that, sorry. you've still got that up there. It says that Tom Hartley is the women's director of football. Yep. And Mandy Coe is, is head yeah. of football. What's what's the difference then? You're probably asking I, the wrong person. I, well, I we're just seeing. I think, this, I think one what? is, as far as I can gather, one is more footballing operations. 
and the other is is more sort of performance based. Just they got more people in the men's team. We've only got a manager, haven't we? Yeah, we've we've got manager and then there's like Bob and an assistant. Just seems a uh, bit Mark, Mark's, uh, Mark's got an answer for you. He said one is qualified, the other isn't. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's basically what it is, isn't it? You know, it's, it's like the whole Sandro D. McKelly thing. Let's get somebody involved as head of football, technical director, whatever you want to call it, who's not really had any experience in football. And that's basically what it is because there was no, none of her credentials were involved in football. No. So you, you know what I mean. It's, it's you know we we said oh we learned our lessons from last season. I don't think we have. It's, it not, it's, it's like they wanted to replicate what what's happened with the men's team again by disassembling the 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 the, the, the squad that was together last season and then bringing in someone who's head of football who's never had any football experience in their life apart from being a Swindon Town supporter. So. You know, again, that might just be me being cynical. And you know, if she makes a success, I'll hold my hand up and say I was I was wrong. But yeah, I I don't have much faith in the club when they make these appointments, whether it's for the men's team or the women's team. To be perfectly honest, Tom Hartley, I believe, has always been involved in the football side. So you know, I've no got no issues with 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 that. But Mandy Coe, I'm I'm very very um uh, sort of dubious whether whether she'll you know be able to take the club forward uh, take the women's team forward like they think she will i think i think the main differences between the two is the head of football is typically responsible for running the administrative functions whereas the director of football is responsible for the um technical side and the recruitment side but the i do wonder because like I said before, I had heard that Tom had left the club, then it would come back again, and then we're, they're still not on his LinkedIn, so I don't know. Conspiracy theorist in me would go, there was probably a falling out, and then Tom said, I'll come back, and they've given him the same role, and so, so forth. Yeah. Um, Mandy, I've got no general issues with. I'm sure she's a, well, she sounds like a very nice woman. I've got no issues with at all. What I don't understand is why we need that type of figurine in the women's game when they're just trying to move the team forward. Like, is it because my understanding was the club financially and administratively, the women's section are coming under the main club. So why do they need to almost have somebody who's going to direct extra revenue through the women's setup when all of that was going to be taken care of by the, the men's side? So um, I'm not saying that, like, I agree with Craig. Sorry? So we have no staff at the club. Well, yeah, um, I agree. I agree. Like like Craig said, I you know I she does well. I I still to this day don't really get her appointment if I'm brutally honest. Um, but then you know they've made some, in my opinion, quite strange decisions across the club, not just the women's section. But the um, I mean she's a I think she's a volunteer as well. So I believe. I well, there's a big tick in the box, then. Yeah, yeah. So um. Um, I don't know if Tom was. I, I, I don't know. Uh, my understanding is now maybe the coaches are paid is what I'm hearing. Um, but it's, yeah, I just think that, and it's, I think it's a fair question. I genuinely think it's a fair question because yeah. unless you've been, and I'm not saying that I have any oracle of knowledge in, in the way a football club is run, but 
Really? Unless you've actually been inside the setup, the head of football, director of football, you're, you're going, one, why do you need both mm. um, in the women's setup, in the nicest respect, um, mm. when they've got a committee, you know, they've got a treasurer, they've got a secretary, they've got all of that. They've got all of that as well. Is this is is Mandy heading that people uh, that person up? And then so Tom Tom's original role was to kind of get in there, help with player recruitment, help with coach development, all of that kind of stuff. And that sounds like he's still doing that, which is great. Which is you know which is great. Um, but I I can't I can't understand. We look at our very own Mike Dixon. You know he was the commercial manager I think um, when uh, just like. He left probably shortly. Our very own, we're adopting Our very own, we Yeah, so whether Mandy's looking at that side of it, but it does seem a bit strange that no advert ever went out to try and get ahead of women's football um, or anything like that, you know, it, and they've ended up with somebody who, yes, has run very successful businesses. It's, you know, we can't take that away from her, um, but it is a bit of a coincidence that it's also a commercial partner of the club. Um, so it's... Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to say I've... 50 because I don't think there's anything dodgy going on. I no. just think it's strange. Yeah. Um, I have really enjoyed this evening. When you consider that the club have given us nothing to talk about and yet we've made over two hours of interesting and entertaining, at least in my opinion, conversation. I have one last challenge for you all, gentlemen. Uh, and I'm going to give you a moment to think about it. I called this episode going no, into No, I'm it... not singing Celine Dion, My Heart Will Go Up. <laughs> pre-season pep not, talk um I'm i would like kidding. each of you in just a second to just just one or one or two because i know ben struggles to keep it to one one or two sentences of positivity leading into to the start of pre-season um it could be about any aspect of the club any player coach whatever you want just something positive as a message from fri leading into pre-season and while you have chance to think uh, I will take a moment to remind everyone there is no episode this Friday. We're bringing it forward 24 hours and doing it live on Thursday because we're being joined live by former Swindon Town goalkeeper Ty Belford. So if you have any uh, questions or comments, uh, you can submit them live in the live chat. Um, or if you're, uh, if you're not going to be able to make it, but you've got a question you'd like me to put to Ty, uh, then by all means, uh, send us a message on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, can they do that on TikTok, Craig? Can they send you a message there that you could send to me? I don't know how TikTok works. Yeah, they can yeah. send a message, I think. Yeah. I, I, I just what, what post is, the stuff. What is Fools Rushing like on TikTok? Is it like, is it really good? It's TikTok, I don't do I, TikTok, I, no. I've got to be honest, I don't really like TikTok. So I, I just try and I just post what I post on Instagram and then leave it. So, okay, fine. Yeah, um, pretty, pretty much. Maybe we but... need a volunteer social media expert to take over our TikTok. Yeah. I hear Mandy Co might be available. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, right. So, your positive preseason message to the Swindon Town faithful. Uh, Ned, you are beaming right now. So, I'd like yeah, you to start. come on, Ned. Let's have some positivity from you, Ted. <laughs> um, are we aiming this towards the fans or the players or what? What, what we? However, you want just a positive message going into preseason. Um, <clears throat> okay, so my, my positive message would be: I don't think it's investment that we're desperately, you know, you know, we don't need to pump in lots. We don't need to buy in lots of players. I think 
what we've lead, what we've um, lacked in previous years is good management and good direction from the manager and the characters in the changing room. I genuinely believe that Mike Flynn is a fantastic manager. I think he's going to turn things around. Um, I think you're going to see a lot more out of the players um, that, um, you know, than we've seen from them last season. Um, so I believe there is things to look forward to for next season. Um, I'm doing it completely blindly. Uh, <laughs> it's not based upon anything. It's just a gut feeling that I've got to say that having a decent manager is going to bring the best out of the players. And that's what I genuinely believe. I think that we'll, we'll bring in some quality and I think they're taking their time, which is very annoying. But try and look at it from the flip side. I think they're, you know, sifting through the chaff um, to to get the, you know, the real quality players through. And I genuinely believe that. Um, and if we're trying to, you know, give a bit of a positive thing for the players, I'm sure we can have a word with Freyta Digby's ex-wife. We can get some, you know, good spirit in the camp going through. <laughs> oh, no. Nick! <laughs> I'm cutting that off, Nick. Right. <laughs> if we calm down, can we? Uh, positivity is that Flynn has said he needs to build the spine of the team, <clears throat> which we all know is was lacking last season. And for me, that means two goalkeepers, two centre halves, two midfield, and one centre forward. To me, that's what we need. So if he builds that spine in the team, that is a definite positive. And I would like them to be all their own players with no low knees, especially the keeper. Um, and the other positive is players like some of your favourites, uh, Shade, Kane, played under Flynn previously. So he might get more out of them than the previous managers have. There's other players, Clayton, Hepburn Murphy and Charlie got a season or Charlie half a season, but got a season under their belts at League Two level. So they should be better for that. So whoa, whoa, uh, whoa, 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 hang on. Charlie's had half a season at League Two. He should be better. This is a no, 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 no. <laughs> for the for the setup in the way the team is going to play. Yeah, Charlie is way above League Two. We know that. But there, there's players now that have got that experience. Um, from coming from academy football and playing a season in League Two, which will be should be far better players for it. So that again gives me some some hope that uh, we will progress. And the other thing, I've moved my seat back into the town end, and I didn't have to pay fifteen quid. Lovely, yeah. Craig. Um, well, you know me, Fifey. Positivity is my middle name. So, um, yeah. Oh, fucking hell, I don't know. Um, the past is uh, meant to be nice. Um, that's about it, really. Nice day, wasn't it? Woody? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I was just reading Mark's comment. <laughs> we own our own stadium. Um, <laughs> positivity. I'm going to try and keep it short. It isn't going to be as bad as last season. That's oh, you're going for the uh, the patented uh, Ben Nichols. Just don't be shit. I think, 
I think if Flynn, if Flynn, Flynn has is has got the right ideas. If he's got the backing, we'll have a good season. The uh, only downside to that is if he has got the backing. Um, if he has, we'll have a good season. Okay. Uh, ben, finish finish it off well. Oh, you see. Um, I think the manager does give me Richie Wellens vibes, which is a huge positive. I think he will bring better balance to the squad, um, a better spine to the squad. Um, I think we'll see an improvement on some of the players performing now in their second season. Now they've got their first season out of the way with. I think natural development progression means they're more savvy and they're built better and they know what's more expected of them. So I think there'll be a steady improvement for the players that we have got. Um, so I think we'll be a better side this season than last season. Um, whether it's good enough, we shall wait and see. Um, but I think, I, I think uh, I, even more of our cynical fans will be pleasantly surprised on how well we've performed. Though I hope to God it's good enough, and how good we are, depending, is how we're going to be over the next month or so in transfers. Lovely, good work, guys. A final thought uh, to leave you with, uh, and it's timed beautifully as uh, Simon tweets us in. He's uh, put at Falls Rush in. Uh, regarding the worries of some that we haven't made so many signings yet, surely pre-seasons are all about trialists A, B, C, etc. And we sign players based on those performances. And uh, if it could inspire you any more, then uh, I, I really like to point Woody made on Friday regarding when it comes to the final pre-season game, you want it to be your starting eleven. So I had a little look uh, in preparation. Uh, so if we go back to last season... Our first preseason game, we had three, four, five. We had six trialists in the starting eleven. By the final, um, by the final game against Cardiff to the first league game of the season, there was only one change between the starting elevens, um, and that was that uh, Key and Harry started against Cardiff, whereas Baudry started. Uh, against Harrogate. So, there you go. I, oh, I, I want to come back on that comment, but I won't. Which one? The tweet. Angus oh. McDonald wasn't on trial. Ed wasn't on trial. Charlie Austin didn't have a trial. Johnny Williams definitely didn't have a trial. Um, Hepburn Murphy did have a trial. Wakelin only had one trial. The trial is trial's a good thing, but that doesn't stop me from bringing in players. Yeah, no, no. Um, trial is like... You, Harry McCurry is a one. Is like I tell you, you did have a fucking trial. Ronan fucking Darcy. That's who had a bloody trial. <laughs> yeah, it was all like, going so well. I was saying to Craig earlier today, like the trialist finding a Harry McCurdy in a sea is like finding a, a needle in the, in that hay bag of shit. Um, <laughs> it, 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 they rarely come good, to be quite honest. Sometimes they do, but it's. It's like you, you have one player that stand out. And sometimes the trialists can look really, really good pre-season because pre-season's paid at half the pace. There was that bloke, Bryant Bruno, something or other, that was ripping it up and everyone thought we should sign him. And he he, he obviously playing some really low, non, lower standard non-league now. So Do you guys... Indication. Uh, to try and turn this round again, because we, we were going to end on happy, positive vibes, and then the tweet seemed to... Uh, Woody got a case of the Craigs and then Ben had to try and rescue the situation. So my final thought, uh, cast your minds back. Do you remember the pre-season where there was a, a game of trialists 
and you could text in your man of the match and whoever got the most votes was offered a Swindon contract. Now, that was banter times. Uh, I've really enjoyed tonight. Uh, thank you guys for coming on as always. Really appreciate your time. Thank you to everyone who has watched along, particularly those uh, who have got involved in the live chat. Really appreciated it uh, as, as much as we appreciate the time of anyone who listens or watches this back after the event. It's been an absolute pleasure. We will see you again on Thursday at nine o'clock. But for me and the rest of tonight's panel, a very, very good night. Take my hands. All right, the fact that we get a fight, nothing will. Take my whole life too. And my heart will go on. Can you fall in love with you? I'm flying, Jack. I'm flying. Where's Alex?